Cuz. Cuzaroo. Uh Carl has one of my favorite podcasts ever. Who are these podcasts? It's called Run By. A guy called Carl. Who are these podcasts? And it's a podcast review. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I was on Who Are These Podcasts yesterday. It's a great yeah. show. Have you ever listened to it? I have not. It's a quality show and they have good <laughs> ideas. It's kind of like Jocktober, but with with really um, no redeeming quality whatsoever. <laughs> you guys are concise and brutal. Yeah, he just mercilessly rips on people. Some of it's quite hilarious. You don't have to listen to shitty podcasts. You do it for us. You do it. Ooh. These guys are making some fucking points here. I like what they're <laughs> saying. You like what they're saying. It's hilarious. The show's hilarious. It's showtime. <laughs> W-A-T-P. Eric, that's when you do the W-A-T-P thing. W-A-T-P. Hello, Bag Slampers and Cousaroos. Welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts? The only show that keeps Greg Hughes relevant. With me this week is the debut of Eric Nagel on W-A-T-P. Welcome to the show, Iraq. Hi, how are you? I am awesome. It's so good to have you on the show. I should mention that I'm your host, Carl. I skipped that part. Please go to whoarethese.com. Get our email address, voicemail number, link to our subreddit, link to our Discord server, link to our merchandise, link to our Patreon. Yesterday, we uploaded a brand new bonus episode. It was a crossover episode featuring WATP and The Dick Show. And that was a lot of fun. Dick and I have talked about doing some crossover shows that are just for the patrons out there. We also encourage our listeners to give us a five-star review on iTunes and then shit all over us in the comment section. Today, Eric and I will be reviewing a podcast called Hey Todd. We have both listened to the show separately. We have not discussed it with each other beforehand. Let's get into it. This is a podcast hosted by the very world-famous radio disc jockey, Todd Pettengill, yeah. with Amanda Schott, his daughter, and Christopher House, some annoying retard. Who Christopher House is? It's, I looked up his LinkedIn and everything. Yeah. So apparently he did TV and radio in Pittsburgh. Okay. I don't know how he wound up in Austin, Texas. I think he was just there, and they said, "Hey, you want to do radio with us?" And he said, "Yes." Which is a weird choice to make because what they've done is they used to have a morning zoo style show on a radio station that was adult contemporary. Their core demographic was middle-aged women in northern New Jersey are the people yeah. who were listening to this show. It was a weird – it was a legendary radio station, but it was a weird demographic for that radio station, WPLJ, which is now a religious station. But uh, back in its uh, – there's two heydays for it. It used to be the big rock station in New York City. Mm -hmm. Then they flipped it to top 40 in the early 80s, and uh, it was just tanking for a decade. And then Scott, who was on a competing station there, who was killing them, went to L.A. for a few years, came back to this station to rebuild this station that he used to compete against. Brought in Todd, who was uh, just some kid uh, doing radio up in Albany. And they landed one of the cushiest jobs in the world for 23 years, something like that, at the same station, never having to you know change jobs, change time slots, anything, making millions of dollars. And the station seemed to have appeal to soccer moms but only in new jersey right it's like 
Westchester was kind of there. Long Island, I don't really think even like paid attention to the radio station, but something about New Jersey from the Jersey Shore area all the way up to northern Jersey seemed to be obsessed with this station. Didn't do them a lot of good. I mean, they made a ton of money. The station billed very heavily. Like It was like one of the top billing stations in New York City, but the ratings were a disaster. So they were making <laughs> tons of money, but who cares if the ratings were bad if all the money was coming in thanks to these soccer moms. So you're referring to the Scott and Todd show, which was the morning show featuring Scott Shannon, the legendary Scott Shannon, along with Todd Pettengill. And basically what happened, and this was well documented if you listen to Opie and Anthony in October over the years, is that show was a fucking disaster. It was so cheesy and awful. And Todd's got this ego where he just thinks he's a comic genius. So he kind of pushed Scott Shannon out. Scott left the show and it became the Todd show. That only lasted a year until they forced him to have a co-host. Right. Scott, Scott ended up destroying Todd in the ratings after that. Scott went on to do a show somewhere else. And Scott, no- in his first year, he started, I, th- I forgot what year it was, but he started in February of that year. Yeah. By the end of the summer, had hit number one again. <laughs> it was hilarious because Todd thought yeah. that he was the talent with all of his phone scans. He does this jerky boys impression that I'll get into and he does lots of song parodies with shoehorn lyrics that aren't funny. So right. he he thought that he was the talent and the reason why anybody would listen. And so he's like, oh, we don't need Scott Shannon. Get this fucking guy out of here. Turns out all those housewives who didn't know why they're listening to it anyway were actually Scott fans and just <laughs> left with that him. Weird because it, like the old Howard effect in New York City, at least, was that when Howard went off the air, the station tanked. He was on K-Rock in New York for many years. So they would listen to uh, 6 a.m. to whenever Howard wanted to end the show. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, the station struggled between formats and, and different jocks and stuff to try to keep the audience there because they would just do a mass exodus at like 11.05. They were gone. PLJ was the weird thing, too. The morning show did very well, but the, then they hung around for the rest of the day. It's like they forgot to turn the radio station off. <laughs> Fucking lazy losers yeah, listening to that shit. All the time. So when the morning show is doing just a step above the the radio station, you look at it and go, well, do we try to fix this? Or do we, because if, if, if we fix one, does it collapse the rest of this thing? Or do we just leave it like this because we're making a ton of money? And that's what they did for so many years. I should mention real quick, because we have a lot of listeners to this show who aren't familiar with Opie and Anthony and, and what your background is. And you are speaking inside baseball right now. You were the producer of the Opie and Anthony show for like eight years or something like that. Probably the longest tenured producer of that show, correct? Long, long time since 2004. And I, and I ran their channel too at uh, Sirius XM. Right. Oh, you ran the entire channel. Technical so, stuff. Yes. So Eric has, and we'll get into the other things you're doing these days, but uh, just to get people background on this as we're talking about formats and ratings and things like that this is uh this is eric's thing right here he knows more about this shit than anyone else we're going to talk to like marvel nerds or you know uh magic dungeons and dragons thing i was a radio nerd i was one of those kids that figured out early on that you could call a radio station and i used to call scott shannon when i was like five six years old in the morning before school i would just pick up the phone and start calling and he wound up throwing me on the air for a long time just because i was just like, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, and they just found it endlessly entertaining, much like it is now. And, and your uh, your radio career has been all downhill ever since. That's oh, yeah. That's when you since. peaked. Yeah, I peaked at five. <laughs> but 
but I also used to intern for uh, PLJ and Scott and Todd from 96 through 98. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it was back that. in the time when uh, computers weren't fully running everything yet. So everything was paperwork. Yeah. So you could lie and say, oh, yeah, I'm in I'm in uh, I'm in college, but you're really in high school. And uh, yeah, from 96 through 98. So I'd go to school, come back in between like Christmas breaks and summer and stuff. And I'd work there. I worked for the morning show for a little bit and where my hatred of Todd festered. And uh, yeah, it worked in the afternoon show there, too. It was a great run. Oh, this is awesome. So you actually worked with Todd. You know the guy personally. I yeah, I've never been to his house. I've never right. been out anywhere outside of the actual uh, radio station. But yeah, I, I worked there for a while. And uh, yeah, not a fan. All right, so this is what happened. The show's ratings went down after Scott left, and then they tried tanked. to fix it. The tanked, right? Then they tanked. tried. They tried to Scott fix it. Todd. Sorry, yeah. I'm stepping all over you. No, go ahead. Scott and Todd would probably be at the bottom end of the top ten in New York City. You know, for their for their tenure, when Todd took over, kicked Scott out, they dropped down to like nineteenth in a market that had like 27 radio stations yeah. and the station tanked even lower for the rest of Todd's run, which is why they had to sell it for pennies on the dollar. Right. So that's the point I wanted to get to is that eventually they sold the station. It's now a religious station, which 95.5 is a weird place to put a religious station, but radio is scrambling right now. They don't know what to do. So they won't put, they won't put personalities and, and talented people on the radio anymore because they're afraid of everything. They're afraid of Twitter outrage and somebody's going to go attack our sponsors and, and uh, guest bookings and things like that. So they, they play it safe where you have somebody reading a liner card or something for maybe 30 seconds in between a couple of songs and, and that's it. So that gets us to what Todd is now doing. So he got lost his job. He decided to move out of New York which is smart because it's cost a lot to live there and he stopped making money. Uh, Opie should maybe take note of that. So he decided to move out of New York and start a podcast that's subscriber only. It's right. heytod.com. He's got his daughter on there. Like we mentioned, this guy house that he talks to. And I want to get into some clips. This right. is at the very beginning of their show. They, you know, this is uh, the holiday shows we're in December here. This is the 23rd right before Christmas. So they're in a very festive spirit. And there's nothing of substance whatsoever, which they then admit and then go right into a sales pitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hey Todd Show. December the 23rd. It is a Monday. Our last show before the break. We're going to be off for Christmas Eve and Christmas. And then we'll be right back at it on the 26th. Oh, Right back, only taking two days off. Hi. Say hello to Amanda Schatz. Hi. Give it up for House the Producer. Happy Christmas. Hey, happy holidays, holidays. everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy ho 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 to you. Happy ho 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 to you. I gotta be honest, this show is not very well thought out. <laughs> it's just basically a collection of happy ho hos. It's just us saying happy holidays. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for subscribing. And tell everyone you know that they should join HeyTodd.com. Yeah. That's the worst sales pitch ever. They come on. They do nothing. He says, wow, we have nothing going on. We have nothing to talk about. And thank you for subscribing. And don't forget to tell your friends that they should subscribe too. Why? I, first of all, how embarrassing would it be to admit that you have a subscription to the Hey Todd show? 
I'd rather be caught masturbating in public than admit to my friends I had that. You should do that, but you have production that should be doing that for you. Like a professional, what he was doing for 20-something years in New York City. Have the production say it, and then you just do the show instead of doing voices. And everything on this show, too, you'll hear clips. All his music is way too loud. Yes. I don't know who's producing this thing for him or if it's him doing it himself. But every time he tries to talk and throughout the entire show, you can't have a conversation without a bed playing under him. Eric, he owns his own recording studio. You sent me the article. Him and his other daughter run this recording studio. And I'm just pulling down these clips. and, And thank you for grabbing all these shows. I'm going through and looking at it. The levels are all over the place. I don't think they use a compressor or a normalizer on anything. You have the phone scams that are so quiet. And then that shit kicks in and it's cranking. Like, dude, this is yeah. the one thing you should be good at. This is this is something that a lot of radio people are guilty of. If, they're, if they've had some success on air, being the on-air talent, they don't know how to do anything else when it comes to the job. <laughs> Obviously. They don't edit. They don't know how to edit. They don't know how to produce their own stuff. They don't even know how to print out their own articles half the time if, if they're doing any kind of prep. And this just goes to show you look at it and and you know, like you said, you look at the waveform and you this is everywhere. This is going to blow out my headphones if I listen to this par- portion of the show, raise the volume. And then all of a sudden he comes blaring in with a Christmas bed like this. Yeah. And you can barely hear him, too. <laughs> it's so poorly mixed. And. You mentioned that there He's should be multi-millionaire. <laughs> I know. Multi-millionaire. He's got radio money. He had syndication money for a tiny bit. He had WWF, WWE money. And yes. you can't hire somebody to do this right. We didn't even mention that. He used to work for the WWF in the 90s. Right. As a uh, whatever. Uh, the interviewed. period that, where uh, WWE was really tanking bad to WCW, the In Your House era, that's where Todd was. Yeah. And then they. They left or they got rid of him. I don't know what the true story was. And then the Attitude Era started and they started making a billion dollars. So they kicked him out and then the company just went skyrocketed. Yeah, because you can't have that little dweeb interviewing Stone Cold. It's not going to fucking work. Like, okay, we need an actual man in here to interview these wrestlers. All right, so you mentioned that if he's going to promote, like, tell your friends to subscribe, which is fine. But you don't do that as part of the content of the show. You would do part of the intro of the show. (laughs) Right. You're coming out of a break. Like if you had actual commercials on there or did live reads, you come back out of it and say, hey, just tell your friends, you remember to subscribe, whatever. You do it as a little quick hit and then you move on to your conversation. Well, the funniest thing is, is that the only way to hear this is to subscribe at HeyTodd.com. But he does have songs that promote HeyTodd.com, which makes oh, zero God. sense. Here's an example of one such song. Look out, Todd is on. Look out. Perch from the Twilight Zone. Come on. He's got it going on. It's HeyTodd. All right, I just want to point out the lyrics to that song. Yeah. In case you, you missed it. Wrote it. Oh, you yeah. Wrote it. He says, look out, Todd is on. Friends from the Twilight Zone. He's got it going on. It's HeyTodd.com. Yeah. Uh, these, these gospel jingles, right? Yeah. This was a Scott thing. Scott had this for Scott and Todd back in the day, and they were used very sparingly. They were used like in the... <laughs> When the show started at 6 a.m. to kind of get you up and moving everything. But then you didn't really hear them all the time. Todd had like four to six of these made and plays them all the time. All the time. I have another example, but let me just finish up the second verse here. Hey, nothing he won't discuss. This dude's hilarious. 
A plus. Yeah. That's his shoehorning. That was something yeah. <laughs> yeah. he obsess on all the time with his power. Uh, not Norton, not Anthony. He used to obsess on all the time when we'd play Todd's parodies is that he loves to shoehorn in words that don't really fit just or spread them out you know as you're speaking them like phonetically so that it will kind of sort of maybe make sense in the song instead of finding something more creative to write and put in there all right let's let's listen to another example here's another heyta.com song we gotta promote the website where it's the only way you could possibly hear this is by going to this website hey Todd, your point is back is a fucking cornball. The lyrics are, hey, Todd, your boy is back. Ooh, still talking smack. It's funny and sometimes naughty, but we love what you have to say. Listen to heytodd.com. I would love to write the own lyrics to how amazing I am in every song that I write. I'm both witty and really great and a pretty good looking guy. It's like, yeah, he, he's somehow, for a guy who wasn't really an you know, brought up in the 80s. He's stuck in the 80s. Yes. With the, the way he does his creative content for this show, the production. And again, this was all Scott and Todd PLJ stuff. So he contacted the company that was doing all this for that station and said, hey, can we take all that and just change it to make it about me? How much does it he cost? It to, brought it over to his place. How much does it cost to subscribe to the Hey Todd show? I think. Oh, what was it? Oh, it's the uh, old frequency. I think it's like nine dollars. Oh, nine 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 fifty five. That's right, nine dollars yeah. five cents a month. He's got to be losing money. Uh, Eric, I've been hogging all the uh, clips. Anything you want to play that sums up the show for you? Um, well, <clears throat> you played that clip, and in the beginning, when they're all doing the voices, yeah. of how you doing and hey hey, hey whatever. Um, if you want to do clips ten and eleven that I gave you, okay, um, his daughter on the show. I don't know her. I've, I've never actually met her for some reason. When Todd does this hey, voice where he sounded like the jerky boy guy. Yeah. It seems like he would do this all the time, like in their house because she does it too. Oh, she has this weird cadence <laughs> where she sounds like an older Jewish woman, which she's not. And she sounds like Todd's dumb voice. So they must have, they imagine coming home and your dad talks like this all the time. And then everybody in the family starts talking like this again and again and again and now it becomes part uh, it's ingrained in you that this is how you speak as a person i think i'm very lucky that i live in a neighborhood where we apparently do not have a large population of porch pirates that's good i have been known to leave a package on my porch for a minute because i'm usually walking in the you know i'm walking to my house with 17 children and bags and boxes and so i've been known to leave it to linger for a minute Boxes and, uh, and <laughs> It came without whippets. It came without bows. Yes. <laughs> That's your line, I think. Yeah. So anyway, there's an interesting story we all know of. Jesus Christ. She just there's a character. Yep. I don't know why this happens, but there's a character. There's a show down in Orlando, or it used to be on in Orlando for like 30 years, I think, called the Phillips File. ONA did an attack against them back in the day. Uh, but it was this guy, Jim Phillips, but his co-host was this lady who did a character named Moira. Okay. And she just was this over eccentric Jewish mother who would talk like this all the time. And you're in the deep South, you know, in redneck territory. <laughs> and I was relating to this. Like a New York Jewish lady. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense as why you're doing this. Now, this this lady here, they're Italian. 
from North Jersey. Obviously, there's you know a mix of Jewish and Italian in this area, but she's putting on this voice, and I don't get it. He does it. He does it like as an accent to try to show you where his jokes are. She does it as part of her normal conversation now. It's really maddening to listen to. All right, let's hear this other example. And yesterday, my husband thinks he's funny. He sent a screenshot of, like, upcoming Austin weather or something. We're supposed to get, like, a snap of cold this weekend or something. And it's supposed to go down to, like, 28. And he's like, ha-ha, good thing we're getting out of here before it gets really cold in Austin. (laughs) And everyone was like, ha-ha-ha, like, that's cold. I'm like, that is cold. That is cold. (laughs) That is cold. Where are you going? What's the temperature going to be in Negative 70. In real life. No. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. They hover around, you know, somewhere between 10 and negative 10. Wow. Man. God. It's terrible. What the fuck? See? That's not how yeah. anybody talks. What is that? Talk right. like normal people. This is a new format for him, by the way, because he's used to talking in like five minute chunks with tons of music playing from the radio. Yeah. Now yeah. he has to stretch out a conversation and do long form discussions. And he's been doing it for a while because when his first show started, we covered it on uh, on Anthony's show. It was horrible. I mean, this is bad, too, but it was horrible. He didn't know how to do a longer form discussion, and he had nobody. Now he has a couple of people, and this is what they're doing. It's like they can't just talk normally with each other. By the way, you brought up that you did this on the Anthony show. Was this the time that you brought it in very late in the show and actually went over by a few minutes reviewing some of uh... – the Todd show or Hey Todd? Probably. Because I was watching that and it was so funny to see Dave Landau was so put off by it. He's like, is this really what we're doing right now? Why do I have to listen to this? <laughs> and Dave Landau was booked to be on this show a couple of times and, and had things come up and had to cancel. I'm starting to think he would not enjoy this show format at all because he I was think- so put off by even listening to this garbage for even two seconds. I think he would. I just didn't. I, he used to listen to ONA and, and other shows, you know, for himself growing up. And I think he was off put by how bad this was. Well, oh, he, we were- he wasn't having any fun with it at all. He's just like, what, what the fuck are we doing right now? Why are we doing this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly everybody listening to this is like, why are you even paying attention to the show? It's so bad. Well, this is why. All right. So, it's so, bad. so you bring up this voice thing and I have a theory on this okay. and, and it does come from Todd originally when you don't have jokes or anything of substance to say, you, you, Try to talk with an accent or an affliction, and that's what gives you the personality. Oh, this right. person's interesting because they talk weird. I want to set up a phone scam. And Todd's very well known for these prank calls that he does that are 100% fake. They're all set up. I, I'd say scripted. They're not really scripted, but it's... Uh, they are. Because I okay. knew a, a couple uh, of uh, female comics who used to, uh, for the service that he was doing... Uh, used to make money just reading their end of the scripts and then they would make the phone calls. Oh, that's even worse because it sounds like it's loosely scripted because the it sounds like terrible improv. The fact that they actually wrote this shit down. Okay, this is the setup. There's always this elaborate setup to all these phone scams to get you to believe that they actually pulled this off. And oh, yeah. this is the setup to this uh, Christmas phone scam he does. We got tipped off that a Santa did not show up at his mall job. Oof. So one of the people who worked at the mall in the office was a very big fan of the show, called and said, hey, you got to call right now because the manager is flipping out. Santa Claus is not here. <laughs> and maybe you can, you know, pull a scam on her. So we said, oh, that sounds perfect. This is the sick St. Nick. All right. So this is the sick St. Nick call where he's right. going to pretend to be the Santa who didn't show up, 
This, this is so convoluted. Do you really think someone's going to be like, oh, I see this as an opportunity for content for Todd's show. I'll give him a call and let him know. It doesn't make any sense. So right. in the spur of the moment, like this is happening now. You right. got to scam this thing. So who has all the material ready to go? In the moment? So, because something is happening now. This is perfect for a phone scam. But, but Todd wants you, everyone to believe that this is what he does all day. He's just waiting for opportunities to prank people. So right. the prank starts off with the woman can't hear what he's saying. And she keeps saying, who is this? And he's like, what? And it's just like this back and forth. that doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for it. It's like, he's just trying to fill time. I think a lot of these things are just to stretch time and fill the hour. A lot of it too was in the phone scam was that. So they would read their end, right? Or they were not to react to what he was saying. They followed their script while they were doing the phone call. Yeah. And it was just so he could be outrageous and say these weird lines. It was sort of like, in, remember the early days of Family Guy where do the parents know the baby's talking or not? <laughs> right. That's what was going on here. Like, do they know what this ridiculous nonsense? They're acting normally, but do you know, do you know what he's saying and trying to present here? And this was just, this was every phone call for, Jesus, almost 30 years at this point. So anyone who is familiar with that original Jerky Boys CD right. will know that this is just a blatant ripoff of that. But done so poorly, it's as if Todd doesn't know why the Jerky Boys were funny. He thinks it's because of the voice, the Frank Rizzo character. It, that that wasn't the reason why. But anyway, so he, he after all this back and forth, he gets into the meat of the hilariousness that is Santa Claus calling in sick. I'm the Santa Claus. Well, excuse me. Why the hell didn't you tell me that sooner? There's I, people lined up. I Where tried to been? tell. <laughs> we've got, we've got all these problems here now. Personnel is over here. They're Listen, my... I think I got a lawsuit against you people. Oh, excuse me. I don't think you have a lawsuit. You have a contract. Making me wear that beard all day. In fact, right now the assistant to the manager is out trying to find another Santa Claus. Because nobody's here, and these kids are starting to spaz. I gotta wear long johns because the little ones squirt on me well, when they get nervous. Well, that's the lovely part of the job, isn't it? Now, when you sign your contract, you're supposed to be here. Your your would season you, only lasts until would, Christmas. Would you now, stop where the yelling? Hell are you? Would you stop yelling at me, please? Oh, there's no way we can deal with this. You need to get down here right away. I can't get down there. I'm sick. You know, this is Christmas, and these kids aren't going to have any kind of a Christmas hey! if they Santa Claus is home pissing and moaning. Can I say something? Uh. Sure, go right ahead because I got people lined up. My Yule log is inflamed. <laughs> so all of that to get to is my Yule log is inflamed joke, which I, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And at the beginning of the call, she wasn't believing that he was he worked for the company. She was like trying to get his name. It's like, who are you? Do you work here? Whatever. And then it, it morphs into we have kids waiting here and you should be here by now. Like she totally buys it. The whole thing. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, not, it's not believable at all. Could you imagine he's calling in saying that he's deathly sick and it's a it's terrible acting and it's stupid but he's saying that he's very sick and her response is get your ass down here and touch children that's yeah. not what that's not what anybody would react to that at the same time she says the assistant manager is out looking for another santa claus okay, okay. sounds like you got a plan that you're working on he used to do phone scams in the 90s where he was doing very heavy stereotypical voices of indian people of asian people <laughs> yeah. and you do not find those I mean, I have them, but you do not find them <laughs> online anywhere anymore because you'd probably get in a lot of trouble for it. Well, if you want to share it with me, I'd be happy to play them on WATP. Uh, dude, I'm getting an echo. I'm getting a slap back from you. I'm not hearing anything. Uh, I think it's fixed. All right. 
People are saying it was definitely on your end because when they muted you, they didn't hear it. But I don't know why that happens. So no either. All right. This is the uh, <sighs> same um, setup we use with iHeart, so I don't know. Okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna do something fun here for a second. We're gonna stop talking about Todd for just a bit, and then we'll come back. But I want to call uh, one of our friends of the show. Have you ever met Mike Sappho? I have. Cool. We're gonna give him a ring. We're just gonna have a quick uh, convo with him. Oh, hello, Carl. Hey, Mike. How's it going, buddy? What's up, pal? Not too much. I got E-Rock here, too. Always a pleasure, E-Rock. How are you? Hi, Michael. Carl, here's what I'm confused with. You go from Florentine show. You, I mean, you get Florentine on your show. You get E-Rock. You're on Compound Media. You're on Chip Chipperson. And then you're going to finish the year with me. You really went downhill, man. You're supposed to finish on a high note. What's yeah, going on? that's a good point. We should probably get you <laughs> off really quickly. <laughs> I don't want to drag this out too long. Of course not. No, the reason why I wanted to have you on, Mike, and you know this because I, I reached out to you. We were chatting back and forth a little bit. So Opie just recently introduced this Creamy Butters character and alluded to the fact that he's the producer. Maybe Creamy Butters that he's producing, but you're saying that he's more of the head of the pod squad, the, the Facebook group. Do you know anything else about this? So I'll tell you this. I'll give you the quick background. And yeah. no one can ever produce the way E-Rock does. You got that E-Rock? You're the best. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I I actually, unfortunately, I haven't really seen Opie for like two or three months. I know he was busy with all the Carl stuff and everything going on. He was doing a lot of the tribute shows. So I actually haven't seen him for like three months. And we explained last time I was on the producing thing. Like I was never really the producer because I don't know how to produce. I have no background in radio. So after all that, I was kind of just helping him out. Hey, Mike, I'm looking to get x on the show i'd reach out to them i'd go there set up the equipment and stuff but as far as editing or any of that producing stuff i didn't do unfortunately and i haven't really seen him but creamy butters is like super fan good dude always on twitter always promoting opie the brand the merchandise big fan of carl and i don't think he's doing anything producing i think he's more just helping out with all the pod squad i know on the facebook stuff i don't have facebook but the facebook pod squad is all creamy butters he runs that he has people calling into him. So he's just doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff as just a great fan. As far as producing, I don't think really Opie has a producer because most of his shows lately have been like the Instagram Live shows and a show from Gebhardt's. And I think Creamy Butters, I think he's up in Boston. All right. So the question that I have, and Mike, I hope I didn't cost you your relationship and your job with uh, the Opster. <laughs> why, why have you not been in touch? You came on WATP. You haven't talked to Opie since then? <laughs> we, we've talked a couple of times. Okay. I actually don't. I actually don't think it was coming on the show because, like I said, I defended him. Not that I have to, but I. I didn't obviously ever speak ill of him on the show or whatever. Uh, I don't know if it was after Carl passed away. He was doing his own thing for a while, putting out like the old best of shows, and then I saw him at La Cubana for that big. They had a huge Carl benefit, and then after that, he went away for a little bit. I went away for a bit, and the past couple of months, you know. You listened. He was in California for the, with Guy for like a few days. He was down in Disney for a few days. He was here and there. He only, he's only done maybe, I'm going to say maybe four or five shows in the past maybe five, four months where like they were live really at Gephardt's. And because of my work schedule, they just didn't fit. Or he might be giving me the boot. I might be that jilted lover 
that well, doesn't realize that the other guy's cheating on him, you know? That's what I was just that gonna say. Be- you go, you go, yeah, well, we haven't connected because of my work schedule. He hasn't even reached out to you. <laughs> that has nothing to do with your work schedule. He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm probably that guy, like, no, he, he'll come back to me. I hope so. We, we've texted here and there. He seems pretty busy. But now that you brought it to my attention, I might have got the boot without even knowing it. <laughs> Mike, I'm, I'm gonna make a prediction that you're gonna be on here doing an OP radio segment with me in a couple months' time. We'll no, be no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a feeling. I have a feeling we're going to convert you to the dark side real quick. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to have you on here with Eric, because both of you guys know Opie very well and know him personally, and you had just talked about the fact that he was doing all these Carl tributes and then he hasn't done a lot of live shows. Where do you, Where is he going to take this thing next? If, if both of you guys, if, if you have ideas on what you think Opie is doing in this transition period right now. Eric, you want I, to go first? You're the senior guy. I respect you already. I have no idea what he's going to do. I, like, I've barely heard anything that he's been doing anymore. Right after Carl died, of course, you know, like everybody, I went over there and I listened to see what they had to, what they had to say. And then I saw for a while that he just was doing Carl stuff. So if that's what he needed to do, then, you know, go so on him. It, it, I don't know. Going, in, going yeah. into the new year now, like Carl's gone and, my, and Mike's gone and, and Westwood One's gone and, and Sherrod doesn't even show up anymore for anything that I thought he was supposed to be part of the package and he just kind of went MIA on him. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he'll, he's good at trying to figure out the next thing and it's never what you expect. Like, all right, well, somebody in his position, he'll go do this and then he'll go do the exact opposite of that every single time. So he'll find something that seems logical and then go the other direction. And, and that's what he's going to do. I don't know. I don't really know what he's going. So to Mike, do. before I get your take, I do want to point out that it's well-documented. Keith, the cop reached out to Opie after Carl's passing mm-hmm. and offered him a job to come on to compound media where Eric works on the Anthony Cumia show. And do you have it any insight into that? Honestly, it wasn't as blatant as what Ope said, too, by the way. It's like Carl died, and then Keith just reached out. It's like, hey, we need to do this. Keith, that's what that's what I want to hear. Talk, tell me. He waited a while for that, and then he said, you know what? I don't know what he's going to do at this point. Let Keith floated that idea and then and reached out to, to Ope at, uh, shortly after Carl died. But it wasn't like immediately, like, hey, I heard your friend died. Let's do business together. It wasn't like that at all. I thought it. Was, I mean, it was a little overzealous, but I understand. Look, business is business. You got to do what you got to do. And if he took offense to that for some reason, I don't know why he took offense to that. But like, I don't know why he does anything he does anymore. I don't uh, know why. At him. It's just I don't know. Yeah, I'm not around him anymore. I don't know where his mindset is at. But that's all it was. It was just like, hey, just you know, going into. It was more like looking into what we're, where we're at now. What's going to happen in the new year? You, you know, everything changed for him this past year. Why don't we just reach out to him again and, and see if uh, maybe we can start talking about something? And it just wasn't the case. So, no. Big yeah, deal. and to to piggyback on that, Eric, you nailed it perfect. And I don't know. If Ope took it the wrong way, him and Carl were really close. So, but me and Keith, because of the same, uh, we have the same background for our real jobs. We've been in contact with each other for a while, and this has been going on for way before the tragic passing of Carl. You know, Keith would hit me up like, "Hey, let's we, we should do that beer that <laughs> this is the infamous beer for five years they've been trying to have." He's like, "Dude, let's set this up." So it was never like Carl died. Hey, I just heard, just saw on Twitter Carl died. Like Eric said, piggybacking completely. Keith has been in constant contact. Like, hey, Mike, let's link this up. Let's do this. And Opie was never interested in it. I guess he was offended by when Keith sent it. But like he said, you know, you can't tell someone how they can be offended. But Keith always reiterated like, hey, 
do what you have to do for the rest of the year, get yourself together. But hey, 2020, let's get the brand back together. Let's do something. It doesn't have to be every second of the day. You don't have to do four hours a day. We'll do something Nothing here and there. Malicious. Nothing was malicious about him sending that message out to him. It was just- no, 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 no. And I was on, I was on that group text with him. It was yeah. you know Keith Keith wrote the longest text ever. It was you know sending my condolences. But hey, I'm putting this out there. I would love you know to link up and let's chat. Let's just meet up. And that was what Keith even said. Let's meet up and do something for 2020. I guess Ope did take offense to it. I don't know. I'm, you know, we're we're all different with how quick someone can text you about something. But like Eric said, it, I don't personally. I don't think it was like, holy crap, we got to do this right now. Carl died. Let's get him on while he's vulnerable. I didn't take it that way, but maybe Opie did. Well, in Opie's defense, he has been memorializing Carl for seven and a half months now. So to him, the body is still warm. He doesn't realize it. No, it's it's not that he just recently died. It's just that you keep having the fucking parties for him. And it's been months, so maybe he's a little delusional on that side of things. I don't know. But re- People- yeah, but remember, Carl, when uh, when I came on last time, it was right after Carl passed, and you said, "What's Ope going to do?" And Ope, I told you, Ope said it for the rest of the year. He just wants to finish up with Carl stuff, and then 2020 starts something new. So he, he kind of had in the back of his mind he wanted to, you know, Carl got him out of his rut when everything he got fired. He didn't know if he was going to podcast, and Carl really was the one pushing, like, "Dude, let's put the mic in front of us." And let's just kick it. Mm-hmm. So Carl kind of jump-started it get going again. So I guess he wanted to do, do that tribute to him. This is my question that I want to throw out there. Because, Eric, you said he never does what you think he's going to do. It's always something different. No. And when he Don't. started the podcast, it was eight months after he was fired. Westwood One picked him up. We're going to do an OP radio podcast. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because – why wouldn't you go into podcasting? He said he was turning down radio gigs and he probably saw an opportunity to have a career like Joe Rogan or Dak Shepard, where he could be a podcaster that made good money doing that. I don't even think it was that. I don't think it was looking for the money. Honestly, with him, a lot of time, it isn't about the money. It's a weird thing. Doing the podcast was more of like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do how do it like how other podcasts do it. I'm not going to do it like radio was. I'm going to do something completely different. And I get that mindset. I don't think it was executed the right way. But <laughs> I don't think it was either. <laughs> the mindset of, it, of him, of where he was going with it, I get it. Like, I get that. that That's the creative part of it. It's just I don't think it was executed. You don't think that going into a crowded bar and telling them to turn the music off so that you could talk to your buddies in a Zoom recorder is a, a good way to execute that? Wait, he, did he really do that? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, none of, none of what I've seen or heard him do this year was really for the for the company, for the audience, for anybody subscribing to it. It was all for him. And I'm not saying that as a shot. I'm just saying, looking at his mindset, everything he did, and and Carl's made a career right now of complaining about his show, where <laughs> you sit there and you go, why are you doing that? And yeah. that's part of the mindset for him, which I don't get, but that's what's built into him is to, I got to do something that everybody else isn't expecting, or if they want me to do this, I can't do that. I have to do the complete opposite of it. All of this is really just for being him. And... I mean, it's, it's a podcast for him. It's not for everybody else. It's a podcast for him. And I guess if you understand that, then you, you, you reteach yourself on how to listen to a program and, and then you get what he's doing. So just if you go into a show, just realize this is all for him, not for anybody else. All right, I got one last thing that I want to talk to you guys about. Mm-hmm. So Mike is a super fan and Eric has been around the Opie and Anthony show for a long time. 
there's a specific segment that they used to do that really bugged the shit out of me. I believe it was called the virus. Is that when they would bring you into studio and yeah. put you on the spot? So what Opie would do, and I don't think anybody else was in on this because it didn't seem like Jim or Anthony were excited about this segment, but nobody they'd, was. They'd play the baby elephant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. They'd play the baby <laughs> elephant song, have Eric come into the studio and then try to humiliate you by trying to have you come up with a joke off the cuff. And Opie would just sit there and badger you about, Hey, this is in the news. Come up with a joke. Meanwhile, Opie could never do that. He never came up with a joke about something that was in the news off the cuff. So was that all just projecting his own insecurities? What was that? Think? <laughs> I do think, actually. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of things in there were projecting. Um, in, in the, he was under the guise of, look, we, we had four, at one point, almost six hours of, of programming a day that we had to fill. Yeah. So you have to do whatever you can, especially if it was a slow news day or, we, or any of us didn't have a lot going on life-wise to bring stories to the show. You had to do whatever it is to to make something and hopefully you know you throw against the wall and see if it sticks the old adage goes but yeah there would be times where you could see he takes out his frustration with the show with management whatever and he would take it out on me he would take it out on roland and and again this isn't like oh woe is me and and i'm being bullied or anything i knew the job i had to play along with it i was doing you know i made a good living hold doing on this. mike what the fuck are you doing over there buddy can you help me out just be a little bit quiet I want to give you the ambiance of Opie's show. Just serious, seriously. That's, that's my bad. I, I accidentally was on mute. That's my bad. I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's no like worries. on the floor and died. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was trying to put up with that. That just got ridiculous. I apologize. I thought I was on mute. I, so did you I, I, Did you ever, like, say anything to anyone? Like, why are we still doing this bit? Nobody likes it. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I've said it all the time. Okay. <laughs> You know, I was constantly told it's like stretch it out, make it as awkward as possible. Because a couple of times I had something ready to go, and that that was the whole thing. It was like don't do, don't give the punchline because then the thing ends. And then if you, I'm sure somebody's compiled it online, but if you can see towards the end of that bit, all of a sudden I came in one time I just didn't want to do it, and they threw out something. I threw out the punchline right away, and it was dead silent. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he goes, well, I guess that's the end of that thing. And then I walked out of the studio. It nice. Just nice. Yeah. Mike, yeah. do you remember that bit? I don't. I remember bringing Eric in. I don't remember the one when he nailed the punchline, though. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that either. Yeah, you'll but, find, you can I always felt bad for you. It's violent, and they're like, because you could see Ant and Norton just kind of going, oh, like yeah. that this was happening again. And then when the bit stopped, they their eyes kind of got wide like, what? Wait, is this the this is the end? <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, and then he would go, All right, thank you. And then I'd walk out to the music and then they'd have to move on because the bit was over. God, I wanted so bad for you to just be like, I don't know, what do you got? What's your fucking joke on this? Give me an uh, example of what you're looking for, please. That's kind of where the tequila and donut day bit that people still send me stuff about. Uh when I drank a whole bottle of tequila for the morning show and uh, just started, you know, lashing at everybody. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of where it all came out. And all even right. that was toned down compared to some of the stuff I had. What yeah, or you were a soldier for them, though, for everything. With the Tony Danza stuff, running into different studios, you were a soldier forever with that, with ONA. Yeah, getting almost getting arrested at Tony Danza, almost getting arrested at Fox for stealing Guy Fieri's birthday cake. And slamming it into my face live on Fox and Friends. Yeah. 
You're like the stunt boy slash producer. <laughs> what was that dude on Z100? Yeah, Greg T. the frat boy. That was Eric. Yeah. He was like the little bit guy. <laughs> well, a lot of the guys on the show were good at, you know, prepping and, and bringing content as far as stuff to talk about. But nobody wanted to do any of that stuff. So I said, all right, well, I'll do it. Nobody else wanted to do it. And what did I care? You know, I could go and do whatever I wanted and you can't say anything because it's all under the guise of the show. So, you know, some of it really sucked. Some of it was fun. And that's it was the Opie and Anthony show. You know? All right. We got some behind the scenes gas today on WATP. Some <laughs> only gas. I can't imagine anyone enjoying this. This is really boring. <laughs> All right. Nothing juicy in this. We got to get back to playing uh, Hey Todd clips and making fun of uh, Todd Pettengill. Even worse. But, Mike, <laughs> thanks again for coming on. Mike and I are buddies now. Fan, fan of uh, WATP loves every segment, especially the Opie Radio segment. That is not a hundred percent. Oh, that's not, not true. Like when you make fun of him, but I enjoy your show. You, you, I said you put so much prep into the show. I enjoy it. Oh, thanks, buddy. Eric, well, keep up the good work, man. You're doing a great job on your show too, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to Bye, you Mike. soon. See you, man. Be good, guys. Bye Later. Bye. Yeah, I think you totally got him fired, Carl. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I don't know what he was thinking coming on the show. It kind of yeah, gives I, us a little bit too much uh, credibility. He texted me. He said, "Hey, I just did uh, the podcast." I said, well, are you crazy? I'm like, he's not going to talk to you anymore. No, of course not. You're not the enemy. That's what's going to happen. When I, I went and we, we heard the episode and, and, you know, it wasn't really that bad at all. You know, Mike wasn't shitting on him. You weren't shitting on him. It was just you were being a fan of, of, of all this craziness going on, trying to find out what Mike knew and what the hell is going on here. And I and then when we started hearing that, it's like, I haven't heard from him in a while. I'm like, of course you didn't. What did you expect? That's he's so <laughs> fragile. Yeah, he's so fragile. He is. He really is. I mean, a lot of talented people who have been very successful doing television and radio are so like the, they, they build not only do they have a bubble built around them, they build another bubble themselves around them. And it, it just you got to learn how to handle people. That's what, you know, the role of an executive producer or a PR rep or any of those uh kind of positions learn how to handle these people because you think a normal person will act like this well that's a normal person um a talented creative deranged person will act like this so you have to handle it this way here and that's what happened it's like if he got the slightest like he i haven't talked to the guy since uh this is a story for another time but uh, the last day of his show when he stormed out he left all these comics in the studio and he just picked up his stuff walked out told me to play the old Rage Against the Machine music. He popped into my studio, which was you know, connected, but two different doors. Yelled at me, and I'm not going into that, but yelled at me and then slammed the door and walked out. And that was the last I've seen of him. Interesting. Right? And it's because of any kind of doubt that gets placed in, in his head, he automatically thinks the worst. And when you try to reason with him, sometimes he doesn't process it or he's not uh you know susceptible to the fact that you're trying to explain to you know something on air is different than something off air which they preach all the time and then when something happens in reality some people can't handle it would i sit down and talk with him yeah absolutely you know there's some things that we need to sort out between me and him but i don't go attacking him i don't go publicly trashing him um you know in going after his show for whatever reason or whatever he's doing, he, you know, he gave me a great opportunity. And, and for a while we were good friends and everything. It's just, he 
his mind changed and he went in a different direction based on all of this stuff. And uh, what can you do? You know, you just got to move on. I love how naive Mike Sappho is, though, that he thinks he can just like hop on my show, defend the guy, which is what his goal was, was to come on and be like, hey, it's not so bad. But then, you know, to, to think that you could actually, it's like you working at Compound Media, old people yeah. never talk to you again. You work for Anthony. I mean, he's the worst person to ever exist. Well, actually, now I guess uh, Sam is the worst person to ever exist, is what Opie said recently. But everybody's like, the worst person. I know. It's great. Depending on the day of the week, it's either Jim or Sam or Roland. Or, but it's funny that you would think that you'd ever talk to Opie again. You won't. You took a job at Compound. That's it. It's done. Well, that, see, that's the difference, though. I would. If of course. He, Everybody he said, else would. He wrote me or something and said, hey, uh, we need to talk about some things. And if he still wanted to be mad and, and, and yell or whatever, I'd still go and meet him and talk to him. Like, I tried even uh, about a almost a year later. I think we talked about it on Answer. I'll make this real quick because I know everybody wants to get back to, to the Todd stuff. Um, but uh, around October of 2018, somebody that listens to his podcast wrote me on Twitter and said, hey, Opie said he's going to be going to New York Comic Con at the Jacob Javits Center in Manhattan. Uh, you two should meet up and try to do a cross thing or whatever. Now, I do my show every year live from uh, from Comic-Con for SiriusXM, now for iHeartRadio. And I was like, well, we're going to be there. And I, I sent him a uh, – I responded to the tweet, with tagged him. I said, what say you? Nothing happened. Didn't hear from him. Next day I wake up, my producer writes me. He goes, you should go look at Opie's Instagram story. Okay, why? He's like, well, he's, he's shitting all over you. What What did I do? So I go and I find the story, and he's all mad that I sent it in a tweet instead of he's like, he has my number. He could have texted me. We, this is all, you know, uh, he could have personally asked me stuff. This is all bullshit to try to tie his name to my name and get some publicity. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Who wants to tie their name to Opie's name? That's not going to get you anywhere. So I uh, I sent him a text. Finally, I said, I don't know what you're talking about here. I said, one of your listeners wrote me, said, you're going to be in the same place that I'm doing my show. I offered to either come on your show or you could come on my show or we don't have to go on either show. We could just meet up and talk. That's all it was. And he got a little upset saying that he wished I would have texted him instead of putting it out on Twitter. I don't understand what was so bad about that. That's all he's been doing is stuff on Twitter. He doesn't talk to anybody. And well, I wrote something very nice. I'm like, I'm for it. What do you say? It's, and It's all an excuse because he doesn't want to have to confront any of this shit. He knows he was a total douchebag to everyone. And there's a lot of people who have a lot of gripes about how he treated them. He doesn't want to deal with it. So instead, he just pretends that you handled it wrong. Well, Kate, the cop reached out to me, but he did it the wrong time. And Eric wanted to do this thing, but he posted it on Twitter the wrong way. He's like, all right, stop it with all the fucking excuses, dude. Are you going to talk to these people or not? And you're not. It was, look, I, I didn't even need to, but I felt like, you know what? It's been a year. Why not? I extended the olive branch. I was like, hey, you're going to be there. Let's uh, let's talk. He just didn't want to do it. So yeah. I'm not going to go chase it after a guy. None of us are. Like if, if if he said, hey, look, we need to talk and, settle, and uh, sort some things out to anybody. I'm sure anybody from the show would say, okay, and then sorts, uh, work something out privately where they would go and talk. But it's all down to him. You know, he doesn't want to do it, and that's fine. Everyone else is doing their own thing, and they've all moved on. And, you know, best of luck to him. But if he wanted to, we'd be willing to. And that comes back to what you said with Keith. That's all Keith was doing. He's like, he saw Ope was in a bad spot, and he thought was a bad spot, and said, hey, look, all this is going on. Maybe this is time for us to uh, sit down and talk again, uh, talk again and talk things out. 
and he took offense to it, and I'm sorry that he did. He didn't. That that's what I'm I, saying. He didn't take offense to it. He just doesn't want to deal with it. So instead, he pretends that he's offended, and that's his way of not having to deal with it. Well, you know, best of luck to him. I, I don't know what to say. The guy gave me a great opportunity. I, I can't shit on him for, you know, he did a lot for me. Sure. It's, it sucks that it worked out this way. I got to say, I'm not sure what Keith thinks is going to happen here. I, I understand that the Opie and Anthony brand, there's a lot of people who loved the Opie and Anthony show in many of its different iterations and would be excited about that. But at this point, Anthony's fan base is so different than Opie's small, shitty fan base. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they would bring those two together again. Because Opie's tried to reinvent himself into almost like a Todd Pettengill kind of guy, like a nice guy show where, hey, we're all just friends and buddies and join the pod squad and we'll watch a Netflix movie together. Like, what the fuck is going on here? This is so off-brand. And yeah, you think he, about what's going on at Compound Media, it's the exact opposite of that. Look, they're not, no, no, nobody in that position enjoys conflict. Like on the air is one thing, but when it becomes real, mm-hmm. they can't handle it or don't want to handle it and, and choose not to address it. And that's fine, but that seems to be what he did. It's like all this happened. He felt he did nothing wrong. And he decided to do a complete overhaul and go in this other direction where. You know, everything is, um, I hate the term safe space, but it's a its a safer, nicer area around him that he's building, and it's all about him. And more power to him. You know, good luck. So there's a guy named What? He's from Russia. He's in our Discord. And he recorded an Opie Radio impression. And this is his impression of the Opie Radio show. And Fran Drescher has been a frequent caller to our show recently. So he brought in Opie with Fran Drescher. And I'm not going to play this whole thing as long, but we'll we'll bear with it for a minute here. Hey, Carla Runo, it's me, your buddy Opie, and uh, uh, this is how I talk. And I'm voicemailing in while recording a new episode of an Opie Radio Podcast, which is, uh, it's doing fantastically, by the way. We're pulling great numbers. Uh, and uh, I'm here with world-famous celebrity Fran Drescher. Uh, hey... <clears throat> Hey, hey, Kali Poo. Uh, and and we're, we're recording a tribute to every every person that has ever died in, in the history of humanity, man. It's uh, it's, it's going good. And we're, I'm definitely not using this as an excuse to to hang out with world famous celebrity uh, Fran Drescher. <laughs> Known for such classic films as Jack and Spinal Tap. Uh, I I definitely I, I'm I'm really just I'm so sad about. You know, Carl Louise, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, all the people that died on 9-11. All right, you get the point. The thing that cracked me up about that bit was uh, the background noise. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, the sound effect up until the dog barking. <laughs> the dog barking was great. Hearing the, hearing the, the traffic <laughs> in the cars in the back, I'm like, well, that's pretty accurate. Okay. And, and then the dog barking and then the, the impression kind of just fell the, apart. The impression's terrible. But he, but Opie went to Mike Machetti's house once, and you heard a dog bark for twenty minutes in a row on that episode. So it's pretty accurate. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, look, see, this is uh, that goes back to the, the and then we got to move on to the Todd stuff. I'm sure your people don't want to hear any more of this. Yeah, fuck uh, them. That goes back <laughs> to the fact that you know the people who were responsible for talking and putting things together and having the right people around them were not the people who knew how to do recording or engineering or mic levels or any of that stuff. And, 
that's exactly what he was doing. Where you're hearing all this, if you're hearing dog sounds constantly while you're still trying to plow through, it's bad enough when you see like a three second clip on the news where they try to get a a, a witness reaction to something and there's a dog barking. But if you're doing 20 minutes of it, how do you listen to that? And there was no substance at all. They were like walking up the stairs. He was introducing himself to Mike's mother. It's like you could take all of this out. It's this super obnoxious. Mike Sappho's house? No, Mike Bichetti. Oh, Bichetti. Oh, Bichetti's, Bichetti's the best and the worst at the same time. <laughs> I agree. Like, I don't understand how he manages to pull that off. He's on Artie's podcast now. Yeah. yeah. And he can be the best part and the worst part in the same segment while he's doing it. Well, he's got he's got some mental things going on. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. We like Mike. Let's get back to the Todd. Hey, Todd. I keep wanting to call it the Todd show. Let's get back to Hey, Todd. And getting back to this thing where he does these prank phone calls. There's another one. Phone scams. The yeah. phone scam. Which, by the way, I heard some. I was checking out some of your episodes before coming on here. You're using the bed now, I hear. Oh, I I use uh I use this one. Talk about that. That one. So all right, a little story behind that. So when he that would be the punch up. Todd loves to punch out on a joke. Right? Yep. Or where he thinks he's got the high point of a conversation because it doesn't have any anywhere else to go, which I've given you a couple of clips you can do that a little bit later. Sweet. Um, so when the phone scams would end, you would hear that bow. That was to let you know that the phone scam's over and and uh, they would recap what was going on there before hitting a jingle, going to break. So that bed was from an ocean spray commercial in the 90s. And in the late 90s, they were changing everything off of carts to digital. Now, carts look like eight track tapes yep. that you'd play in, in the studio. So they were throwing all of these out. I said, what are you doing with all of this stuff? Oh, we're just going to throw all this out. Can I take them? Like, yeah, sure. They were just going to throw them out. So I took boxes of carts back to my house brought it to my college radio station and dubbed everything off the cart. So now I have or had their entire production library for his sound effects, his clips and all that stuff. So when we started doing Jocktober and the phone scams and then we had that thing, I had somebody from PLJ write me. Some some girl wrote me and she goes, how do you have this stuff? We're going to send you a cease and desist and whatever. I said, good, good luck. Uh, and then <laughs> So then it became a joke where Norton even did his own phone scams. If you can find those one day where he was doing the stupid voice, the stupid made-up names, yeah. and then it would be something so tragic that it was hilarious. Like, there was no joke to it. <laughs> right. he's, he's calling somebody to tell them that their kid got hit by a UPS truck, and, they, and the mom would be screaming, what? And you hear, bow, and that's how the whole thing would end. And then they stopped using it because we were using it so much. It's not that far off from what Todd does, though. So this in this phone scam, the premise is... They bought a tree from a Christmas tree shop or whatever you would call that. And they bring it home and there's an eagle's nest in the Christmas tree. So he calls to complain about this eagle's nest and makes a reference that nobody could possibly get. Because the mother eagle is in it. What? Now this eagle is attacking my little boy. There's no eagle in a tree. It chases him around the house and pecks him on the melon like that episode of Dick Van Dyke. You know when the bird kept assaulting little Richie? Okay, Boomer. What the fuck is he talking about? An episode of Dick Van Dyke? He would throw these little references into things. 
to make it seem so exaggerated and flabbergasting and you know like oh he's so crazy but it was all old stuff nobody knows about i mean how old is fucking todd pettengill he's referencing the dick van dyke show that was in black and white for christ's sakes um, are you done with that clip or do you have something else? I am done. What, what do you got, buddy? All right, because going with the boomer stuff here, if you go to clips 19 and 20 that I gave you, yeah, uh, it shows you that how detached from reality Todd has become. Well, I also blame marijuana. Why? For what? <laughs> for a lot of the decisions because there's a lot of millennials that <laughs> uh-huh. are, I don't know if you realize this. So many of them do weed. Well, yeah, most of them now. A lot. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah. it's legalized in, in a lot of places. States. A lot of places, but they're stoned all the mm-hmm. time. So yeah. you can't have any responsibilities because <laughs> you're just screwed up. <laughs> Yo, it's I'm, amazing to me. Man. Yeah, how many of them do weed now? Uh-huh. And then they vape weed. Yep. And it, it's, it's everything. It's They're all about it. Wake and bake. Nobody calls it weed anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. These fucking kids are all doing the weed. Like, okay. There's so many different things that they call it because everyone, you know, if if anything, you're going to generalize people still do pot. But there's all these different strains and names and stuff. That's what people refer to. But when you say when you this is an old person thing, do the weed and they vape the weed. (laughs) It's like, what are you doing? Who is your audience? Who are you talking to? Eric, you want to go vape some weed? Do you do the weed? <laughs> it's hilarious. Play the next clip. They're now legalizing it, but now the cigarettes are kicking back because now they're, they're raising the cigarettes to tw- being 21 years old or older. Congress is putting that in. So it's going to be 21 years or older, like it is in Hawaii right now, yeah. but now it'll be uh, United States-wide. So we're going to be stoned for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Everybody's Perfect. high, happy, high, happy. high. I'll be stoned. For Christmas. You purposely led this story into yeah. this dumb prep service parody song. <laughs> yeah. That he had. So doing the old man, uh, they do the weed. I don't even think that's a bit. I think that's really him leading into the cigarette thing is him leading uh is is a bit leading into this song here this is what he does he can't have a conversation because if you start have, talking about it's like we can start with this we can talk a little bit and then i gotta steer it to get to this uh this jingle or to this punch out thing or to this uh phone scam or to this parody song that we have there you can't have a conversation knowing where the end point is right it's like all right we'll, we'll talk about this for a little bit and then eventually wrap it up if you go well the whole point of our entire conversation is to get to this parody song and you're like, I just wasted. And that was like a six minute conversation. I'll, I'll give you another example of that. So they're talking about now. Remember that Todd's daughter is the co-host. Right. So they're talking about how Todd used to read the Grinch to his daughters every year at Christmas time. So do you want to set this up, Amanda? Well, every year when we were growing up, uh, you would read Haley and I, the Grinch. Mm hmm. We have, you know, a book that my, my, your mom, my grandma gave to me for my first Christmas. We still have the original copy. 30 years old. The Grinch. He did all the voices. And I I can, when I hear the Grinch in my head, I hear it in your voice. So, (laughs) sorry. Okay. So they're telling this cute little anecdote about growing up, but there's a reason for that, Eric. It's because he's actually going to read the fucking Grinch on his show. 
And I just want to play a quick example of that. It's with all produced, with music beds, with him doing the shitty Grinch voice. For some reason, Amanda sings a song that doesn't even exist in Grinch because she just needs to sing all the fucking time. But I'll give you just a quick taste of what this sounds like. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he said with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers nervously drumming. I must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. would want to hear this who is this for todd Todd fancied himself and i think he still does he's one of those all-around entertainers yes like he can sing he can dance he can he does comedy he does all of these things he does all the voices he's an impressionist yeah yeah. he thinks he does it all thinks he yeah he's a he's a one-man band per se and Coming into there, it's like, we'll do this radio drama, like a traditional Christmas story that that will get people talking and it'll get spread online because nobody's doing this anymore. There's a reason nobody's doing this anymore. You see how slow, despite the the voices and everything, but you see how slow the pace is? Oh, it took forever. And with the separation of the music before getting to the next part, people don't listen to things like that anymore. Things have to be faster and and, and move at 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 a rapid pace to keep your attention. Which and is, now he's doing this. Which is most of what this show is. Most of this show is just bit, 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 bit. With like you were talking about, they'll talk for four and a half minutes, but it has to lead to an end point that gets them into their next bit. Right. So this is the crazy thing. And I, I can't wait to talk to you about this because they did the Grinch read thing on the Monday show. I'm listening to the Thursday show before that, the week before that. And they're setting up the fact they're going to do this live Grinch reading. Now, first off, there's nothing about this that is live. It's overproduced and edited. So it's all nonsense. But listen to what they say. Because Monday we got to do the Grinch. Good thing you're not reading that like I am. Yeah, but I got (laughs) to something. Don't miss that, folks. That'll be a Monday show. Mm -hmm. Trying to mention that every day so you know we're going to do a live reading of the Grinch. Yep. And it's live. So we do the show, you know, live to tape the day before. Right. So what that means is when we start, we just don't stop. Like no matter what happens, yeah. it just happens. Yep. And we don't stop. So we call that live to tape. Yeah. yeah, there's no editing. Right. Like no. we don't go back on it. We don't edit it. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any sense, Rick. He says there's no editing. It's only editing. This show is only editing. There are times when I was pulling some clips for you where I was listening and I hear, I'm like, wait, they edit whatever uh, the house guy was talking about. I heard the edit. Now it's, yep. it's, hidden because they play the music beds behind everything that they do but if you're sitting there with the headphones and you're going through and you're like oh wait they cut it off they did an edit here so yeah, there's a lot of editing going so, on. so eric they say we do the show live to tape the day before the show airs because they want you to think that it's just like the old radio days right however you were able to find episodes that hadn't come out for days on their right. server you want to talk about that so uh, when Carl asked me to do this, and he's like, "Do you? It's a subscription service. Do you have uh, a way we can get some of the episodes?" I said, "Yeah, I can do that." And then I looked on the server, and I realized that there were episodes there that weren't supposed to air yet. 
So I went, all right, downloaded everything, sent it over. I said, so apparently we're going into the future because here are episodes that haven't even showed up on his service yet. And they're right here for us to, to break apart and enjoy. You sent me the December 23rd episode two weeks ago. Yeah. And these assholes are talking about how, how on Monday we got to do the Grinch live. Like, dude, you fucking, you recorded that last month. What are you talking about? Um, I have a couple other clips if you, if you want to take a look. Yep. That are pretty telling. So what Todd used to do, especially after breaking up Scott and Todd, is he had to have the funny. He had to have the joke. And when he had the joke, that was when he would cue his producer to hit the jingle to go to break. So nobody else could could, uh, as they say, tag the joke or yeah. add on to it. Right? right. So he would have this really weird punchline and then the, the jingle would hit and you, it would cut off the conversation very abruptly and go into traffic. And it was so annoying. It's like It didn't make any sense to do this. So I gave you a couple examples that he's still doing this now on his podcast that he's punching out of his own show on his podcast to go to a jingle just to come back to reset to talk about something else. Oh, uh, if you can do uh, cut nine. He gave me no answers. I almost asked for a manager, but I'm like, they're going to throw me out of here. <laughs> Sensitive wow. Santa, probably at a location near you. Oh, I, I listen to Hey Todd on my cell phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> he just punches out of it. Like, you didn't even finish the conversation. And he hit something because there's no end to it. And then I love that I, I, that song they started playing there. It's like instructional for boomers to learn how to actually stream the show. I'm listening to Hey Todd on my cell phone. You can download the app and listen to it in your car through your Bluetooth. Like, okay. Uh, there's another clip, number 14. Now, this he told a six-minute story that was 100% fake about a producer who doesn't exist. <laughs> Went on through this whole long tirade. You're not going to hear the whole thing, thank God. This is just the very tail end of it where he punches out again because he doesn't know how to end the story. At the end, the guy come up and give me a dollar. Nice! You got a tip. He goes, you don't really know the song, do you? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just following Larry. Oh, we know Larry from church. Of course. Of course we do. Everybody knows Larry. Appreciate it, Larry. Thank you very much. Are you ready for Pat and Goes That's into the jingle, nonsense. comes back, resets with a bed, and then still talks about the thing for two more minutes. <laughs> like, what was the point of this? Eric, we haven't really talked enough about how the show flows and what kind of nonsense it is. This is an example of the level of jokes that are told by Todd and the over-the-top laughter that comes out of, I mean, both co-hosts, but especially House on this one. He didn't get the joke at first. Todd explains it. And as you know, Eric, when you explain a joke, it makes it way funnier. I mean, you still get them all. You just have to wait a little longer. He's talking about the fact that they're going to play all of these songs that people know from the old radio show that are Christmas theme and Christmas related. And he says, we're not going to play them all today. We're going to, we're going to play them throughout the next few episodes. You'll hear them. So that that's what's leading up into this joke. I mean, you still get them all. You just have to wait a little longer. You know? It's like your teeth. Teeth? Yeah, you still get them. You just have to wait. <laughs> they come in. <laughs> How you doing, Housey? What the fuck is funny about that? I don't get that at all. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense. Everything that Todd says has to be immediately followed by cackling laughter. If if you just played that, if you play clip 16 that I have, kind of is a companion piece to this. Play that. 
but Orange is the New Black, the jail one, is very popular in Barbados and Dominica. Uh-huh. Two very paradisial places. To what? Very paradisial. The paradise. That's not a word. Paradisial. Paradise. Like you're living in paradise. That's paradise. the skin between you. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. They're laughing too hard at a non-joke. He couldn't and even think of a punchline. She has to say this. Is, like she knows this is so bad. She's going now, now, telling him to punch the, into the jingle to get them out of it. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even come up with a punchline. He wanted to come up with something, had nothing for it, and then they have to act like, oh, yeah, I know what you're, you're going to do. Like it was the most hilarious thing. Uh, uh, you know, that's the skin between your... <laughs> it's like, what was the pause? What was the joke? What was he referring to? There, There is no joke. I guess that's where in the song lyric earlier they say that he's a little bit naughty. It's like, whoa, he was talking about skin somewhere. It's getting real naughty around here. I put together a what I call a cackle comp, and this is a supercut of just Amanda cackling because that's her main role on the show is to make sure that she over-the-top fake laughs at everything that's uttered, and this is how I would sum up this entire show. <laughs> I'm not sure we could dance. I had to, like, train singers. Wow. <laughs> and then I'll come... <laughs> You're a champion, you're a savage. (laughs) The toughness level to you. (laughs) You got your other stuff coming on Christmas. This woman stinks. That is the epitome of what we used to call a hole. Yes. That is the, oh God. No, if you you were the, the woman on a show... That was trying to now, guys, calm down. We're going too far. Like she was trying to keep the guys in order. Otherwise, they were a, a cackling laugh track like that. That she, is horrendous. Well, there's another thing, too, though. She's also signaling to all the female listeners in which there's 100 percent female listeners. She's signaling to them that it's OK to laugh because if she ever goes, <gasps> then the listeners might be upset and stop listening. So no matter what is said, even though she tries to keep it under control, she also has to go, <laughs> okay, guys, that's enough. <laughs> that is the audible applause sign. Right. Um, okay, so the other thing is that they like singing on their show. Like you mentioned, Todd fancies himself this all-around entertainer. And typically, radio DJs don't also sing songs, but not in Todd's fucking world. And of course, he needs his co-host to praise him first. This is Christopher... Telling him how amazing a singer he is. What am I? What one am I supposed to do? <laughs> you could do any of them. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys are like trained singers. You guys are amazing. Amanda is. No, you, you guys both are amazing. All right. So House says they're both amazing singers, and all three of them have to sing their own fucking song for some reason. This is Todd, and he even sings like affected. He's so obnoxious. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the half happiest season of all. And again, I'm going to point out the mix is off on that. Yeah, well, he was apparently this was live like that music was playing. Yeah, I'm sure they were karaoke styling it, but it's buried in the mix. 
he loves to hear himself. He loves oh, yeah. to hear himself sing. He used to do all the parody songs. Yeah. Like, I think some of the prep services had it where, like, here's with uh, it's all prepared for you. Here's the music and here's the singer that we put to it. Or you could take the music bed here and hear the lyrics and do it yourself to make it seem like you do it. And that's what he did every single time was always his voice. It was never anybody else's parody stuff unless it was the Christmas stuff, which was uh, sprinkling into these episodes, which is a guy named uh, Bob Rivers. Okay. I think he's up in uh, either Portland or Seattle area there. And he put out all these parody songs that radio stations and radio shows were playing for years. But Todd couldn't just have somebody else's parody. He had to do it. And that's what this is here. He loves to sing anything he possibly well, can. Well, he also, at the I want to play a clip where at the end of him singing this song, listen to what a raving fan house is. This is the type of co-host that a guy like Opie needs. Someone who is going to be cheering for their whatever they've just done. But he's so enthusiastic about this. It's so fake and over the top. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Woo. Boom. Wow. That was terrible. (laughs) Amanda's next. That's man cow level shit of the co-host. Like, yeah, woo! Like, you know what that also is? You're, you're. A, uh, I know you have a band. You're a big music fan. Yeah, you know punk and ska music. So you know the super group. It's a cover group called Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Of course, Fat Mike's in that band. Right. So at, at the end of most of their songs, they do great cover songs. At the end, when there's it's fading out or they're waiting for the big drum thing to hit at the end, the lead singer goes, "Yeah." Yeah, like it was all obnoxious. It's exactly what this guy is doing. But he's not doing it as a goof. He's he's, he's trying to be serious. Thousands of people and, and making good music. He's doing it in the back part of a studio. <laughs> Makes no sense. All right, last thing I want to play to wrap up this bit is Amanda singing. So Amanda is very proud of herself as a singer. And I don't know if, again, like you mentioned, she has to put on these voices, but she sounds like a child. Santa baby. What are they giggling about? Yeah. Are they giggling about the voice she's doing? It's uncomfortable. He he also has this kind of crutch or habit, whatever you want to call it, of when things are going in between the lines, like during his own parodies or even the phone scam stuff, when they were playing it, you hear them laugh and you're like, can you believe that? Like off in the distance while the, the call is going on or while the parody is going on. It's something like when there's when there's no vocal, there's a little bit of instrumental, and then the next verse kicks in. He feels he has to fill the void yes. in there somehow. Yeah. So he has the mics on, and he's moved way far in the back, and he has to make a comment so that you know they're still there. They're still a part of it. That's right. <laughs> Eric, what else you got out here, buddy? Well, if you want to wrap up the Todd stuff here, um, we had talked about how we were going to do the Todd show and then how I found that there were episodes that were up there that shouldn't have been up there. Yeah. Uh, as a little surprise for everybody, if you want, if you want to play cut 22 and feel free to stop it at any time, if you want to comment on it, but uh, play cut 22. 
January the 2nd, 2020. Wow. I wonder how many times <laughs> I'm going to say 29. Hold on. That's fucking amazing. This fucking lazy asshole already has episodes for January in the fucking bag ready to go. Oh, indeed, he does. Okay. So many. A new decade is here, ladies wow. and gentlemen. Humongous. Isn't that massive? Yeah. Now, normally we would share all the exciting, fun things we did on New Year's. Maybe house has it, but Amanda's got two little kids. I have no life. So, you know, it was turn on Channel 7, watch stupid Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> And, you know, just try to get through yesterday, which a lot of football on, so that was fun. You know, parades all over the Holy shit, what a fucking asshole. None of these things have happened yet. A lot of football on, that was fun. Now, if you're doing anything current, especially if you were on the morning, you talk about the football games, or at least you run down the scores in a fashion where people are like, oh, yeah, whatever the big games were uh, on New Year's Day. You'd mentioned it a little bit. Maybe there was an upset or something. He's pretending to be a football fan, but not really. What if something horrific happened? Like, what if there was a tragedy or somebody died or or something going on there? And then you're coming back January 2nd like, oh, you know, nothing really happened yesterday. This is already in the can. I hope that Ryan Seacrest is deathly ill and is not on the show because that will totally fuck this up. Some kind of like like a disaster movie about right when it's about to strike midnight, the ball snaps off the thing, falls off the building, rolls down Times Square, mows over a ton of people, and they're talking about, yeah, it's kind of boring. Uh, you know, <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you yeah. imagine some major event happens and he puts this episode out? We do it all live to tape, we call it. Call it live to tape. Plays Orange Bowl Parade. Yep. But I didn't get a chance to talk to Housey about your uh, New Year's because, you know, you, you went back to Florida. Yeah. And how was you, was it exciting? Did you do anything fun, or were you like Amanda and I? No, I did a lot of fun. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, yeah you're looking a, a little fun. green around the gills. I'm a little rough today. Oh, yeah. like, By the way, you've used up all your sick days for the yeah. decade. Yeah, you're done. A couple right. weeks before Christmas, he was... These fucking assholes. That pisses me off to no end. This, so this everything about this is fake, and I want to mention that the tagline for the show is real people, real funny. It's right. all fake. There's no... It's all fake laughter. Any more of this, but where they're going with this is they're talking to this house guy. He talks about they're already starting the new year with a complete lie and a fake story. Like he goes into right. the story about how he dropped a drink and then he went to pick up the drink, but he hit his head on the doorknob and then the door opened. Like it was like a like a Three Stooges episode going on for here as they were trying to get into the studio today. So not only are they faking that they're you know that they're current, they're also faking the stories of things that didn't happen. And that's not even an exciting story. If you're going to make something up, be an interesting person. If I was going to pretend to be someone I'm not, I wouldn't be a more boring version of me. Well, that's impossible to do. <laughs> Good point, motherfucker. But that's a little surprise for, for you and for your listeners. That's hilarious. You know, with this whole uh, shit show of an episode because I'm on it. But you're getting an advance of the Hey Todd show for January 2nd, 2020. And you still have about a week left to wait for that program. So there you go, Todd. Merry uh, Christmas. I Happy love New Todd, too. He's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's hard to get used to saying 2020. Yeah, that's because it's not 2020, you fucking asshole. I didn't. I only just gave you the little bit of the intro. I wasn't going to go through the rest of the show because we went through like five episodes already. And I was yeah, done. That's a lot. But I bet you somewhere in that episode is like, I'm still writing 19 on my checks. Right. <laughs> asshole. So wait, how come I have to ask this? How come you're able to find these episodes on the server? Could anyone find them? 
Um, perhaps. I don't know, actually. I, I, the way it's set up, I don't think you can. But I lucked into something early on uh, during his pre-sale that something changed, I guess, with his server. And, <laughs> yeah, some stuff come up on a feed. That's and awesome. Like, oh, this is all in advance. Cool. We what now a, have it now. What a fucking loser. It's amazing. All right. The last thing that I want to play is he sets up the episode on Monday before Christmas with this bit. Okay, attention everyone. These are the auditions for The Grinch. There are several parts. You can read for the narrator. You can read for The Grinch, Cindy Lou Who. When you come up to the microphone, just say your name and what part you're reading for. Okay, so he's setting up an opportunity for him to do all of his amazing impressions that he does. And... Again, none of this is live. It's all pre-recorded and heavily edited. And the impressions are terrible, but also there's no jokes to it. There's never jokes. There's, 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 never, there's never jokes. There's never jokes and there's never a story to it. It's just him doing a voice and saying absurd things he thinks carries the content of whatever they're doing. Now, this is scripted. He doesn't yes. do much stuff off the cuff because when he does he realizes it doesn't do anything and he punches out and hits a a sweeper or a jingle or something (laughs) that's a good point not like this it's like i'll do obnoxious voices and you play the straight guy you just react like i'm a normal person i'll do all this weird shit and say all this stuff that's so outdated and doesn't make any sense and that'll be the bit so i'm gonna run through these real quick eric that's his formula for everything i'm gonna run through these real real quick starting with johnny carson Listen to how bad this Ed McMahon impression is. Johnny Carson narration. The narrator. But I think uh, perhaps the most likely reason of all uh, may have been uh, that his heart was two sizes too small. Yes, heartless bastard. That's the worst Ed McMahon. All right, Bill Cosby's coming up next. Bill Cosby. The narrator. But whatever the reason... It's hard to refuse. He stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the who. So here we have the most prolific rapist in the history of entertainment, Bill Cosby. And that was the entire thing he did for the Bill Cosby impression. He couldn't work a bit in there. Couldn't make it a little bit edgy or something. Because it has to be wholesome. You know, Todd is never edgy, but when he does, when he does his edgy stuff, it's like he's, alluding to a sexual innuendo he's not even making the sexual <laughs> right he, yeah he alludes to the sexual innuendo or the or the um the stereotype and he thinks like wow he's like i'm edgy i'm cutting corners here and you go just say the fucking thing if you're gonna go all out there and and make the uh the assumption of of, of somebody's sexuality or or a stereotypical voice or whatever just do it and then hopefully it works out where it's funny he probably knows in his case is like, if I say the wrong thing, I'm fired from my own pay podcast. I'll give you an example of this. He does a Bill Clinton impression. This is as edgy as it gets right here. William Jefferson Clinton, the third, the Grinch. Mm. I must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. <laughs> coming. That's funny. Oh, Jesus. The lowest hanging fruit possible. Right. And a Clinton in imp- person. Look, if you're trying to attract younger people, Clinton was the 90s, which is 20-something years ago. They're not even going to know who Clinton is. So doing that impersonation, one, it was very piss poor. And two, yeah. doesn't make any sense to put this 
in this thing here. It's like, oh, I'll just add any voice I know or I think I can relatively do and put this in there, and it'll be um, a nice variety, a hodgepodge, if you will. He is not trying to attract younger listeners. Not trying to attract any listeners. (laughs) This is Amanda doing a Britney Spears impression. This just sounds like if high schoolers made a podcast, this is how it would sound. Britney Jean Spears, narrator, and they'd sing, they'd sing, they'd sing, 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 sing. Oh, and then you hear fucking Todd giggling in the background. Of course, you got to do the -the over-the-top El Pacino impression, because this is not overdone. Al Pacino, every hoo down in Hooahville beneath was busy now. Hanging in a holiday wreath. So hua being the joke there. And then all of that impersonations are impersonations of people who did the impersonations of those persons. Yes. I was going to point that out. He does George W. Bush, but it's actually Will Ferrell's George W. Bush. George, George, Bush. George no, senior. <laughs> no, and it's George. Dana Carvey's George Bush. But it's like, oh, they know how to do the, the, the exaggeration for the, uh, you know, for impersonating them. I'll just do exactly what they did. Right. And that's what he's doing. He's doing the over the top Pacino that everybody else does. Yep. And thinking that it's a unique voice. If it's a unique voice, you do the low key Al Pacino, like when he was just still Michael and from the first Godfather. So here's an example of doing an impression of an impression with George W. Bush. George Bush, <laughs> the narratorier. <laughs> All them who's down there ate their who's poost roast boost. <laughs> All right. So that's Will Farrell. And then yep. he does Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is the hackiest one to do. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the narrator. All the who boys and girls there would wake up right in the early, and they'd rush for their toys, and the noise, 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 noise. <laughs> so terrible. Uh, there's a clip, you don't have to play for it, but I gave to you, where he tried to do a German accent. And first he thought, the way he was doing the accent is that Germans speak very softly and they're gay. Like very effeminate, so he's okay. doing that. And then while doing that, he realized it wasn't working and switched back into that Arnold impersonation while still doing the same German character. Let's do it. Let's hear it. So you got you know Spook and Zin. Yeah. We should make uh, <laughs> German. Okay, I got. We had to uh, wait a second so I get the accent. Yeah. So uh, so, so Germans speak American. It comes slowly back. So they say, what we do, Zvunk? Shall we make a whopper? Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, we make the spoiler and we wreck everyone's yeah. holiday. <laughs> That's what they did. That's good. That's good. <laughs> when you come in, we wreck everything about you. <laughs> we don't care how you feel about anything because we want to make the viral video. Welcome to Burger King. <laughs> Welcome to Burger King. May I take your spoiler? <laughs> May I take your order? Holy shit, that's so unfunny. In the middle of it, he's doing the gay German impersonation, then drops low to do Arnold, and then comes right back into the gay German impersonation again. He couldn't figure out how to handle it and uh, which version of it to go, so he did both as the same person. But fortunately, his co-host loved every minute of it, so it's fine. Yeah, It obviously all worked because they could not stop laughing at how funny that was. It's, it's, I don't understand. Like I get the nervousness and it takes a lot to do radio and to talk and, and put yourself out there and, and, and hopefully something, you know, connects with the audience and you're entertaining, but it's even more pressure when you have to fake laugh or have your, the tension in that room to kind of, you know, make sure Todd knows that he's 
uh, he's hysterical and make sure you know that this bit is good. Everyone is on edge yes. to laugh and to applaud and to and to howl and scream at a moment's notice. They're not really getting into the moment of having a conversation where you can be passionate about what you're talking about. It Everyone's has- just waiting for the gaps. They're like, oh, laugh here, jump there, yell there. So that, that it seemed, it, oh my God, I'd be so exhausted just in the first 20 minutes. It has to be so stressful to do a show like that. This is Amanda doing Sofia Vergara, and I would call this racially insensitive. I am Sofia Vergara. I'm read for the narrator. Let me slid down the chimney. A rather tight pinch. If Santa could do it, then so could the Grinch. All right. Yeah. Jay Leno hitting all the notes of Jay Leno. And Jay Leno. Reading for the narration. He took the who's pudding and then he took the with me. And then the last one I'll play. Another missed opportunity. He does Gilbert Gottfried, who Gilbert is known for saying the most offensive things possible. So if you wanted to ad-lib something here, you could come up with something shocking and funny. But no, just does it straight. Gilbert Gottfried, Cindy Lou who? The smallest who? Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? Nick! All right. I'm, I'm, I'm out of all of his impersonations, that's the least annoying. Like that is sort of in the vicinity of doing Gilbert. Just the material is all wrong. (laughs) He doesn't know how to do the delivery for it either. No, he doesn't. But Gilbert's not a hard guy to do an impression of either. Because Gilbert Gilbert's doing an impression. All his good friends of uh, all the good friends of Gilbert. When you hear all these comics on other podcasts, when they tell Gilbert stories and they do the voice. The voice usually isn't that good, but it's the the way that they're projecting it, the cadence of, of how he's telling the joke or the story or whatever, and that that lifts the impersonation. He's going more for the dead-on voice pattern of it, but without the content. He's literally a hack. Everything he does from a stand yeah. from a comedy standpoint is it, hacky. It's weird, it's weird being the one guy in radio where when you you make fun of radio people and say oh some shows have the woman who does this or they do phone scams or this show over here does war of the roses and this guy likes to sing and all that. it's weird being the one guy that everyone points to and said everything that's wrong with doing this is this guy <laughs> right how do you how do you absorb every bad trait of a radio show and be that person all in one it's almost impressive should almost be applauding it it is Speaking of being the worst at everything, we have to talk about this Stuttering John episode where he had Jason Ellis on. There's a YouTube video for it. It's must-watch Stuttering John. This boob cannot do a show. He has no one helping him now. So he's trying to do an interview over Skype with Jason Ellis. He fumbles through the whole thing. Jason's embarrassed that he's even on the show. He's rolling his eyes out of his head. He can't believe how much of a fucking dolt this guy is. And I just want to start off by the way John introduces Jason Ellis. He has no idea who he is. He read his Wikipedia page. That's all he knows about him. So he starts off by, he reads the Wikipedia page. And, you know, John fancies himself a Renaissance man. He does it all. And he's reading all these things that Jason Ellis has done with professional skateboarder, radio show, MMA fighter, all of these different things, author. And of course, John goes, oh, that's just like me. I'm all those things too. 
So the way to be a terrible interviewer is to make it about you. And of course, that's what John does throughout this entire podcast, starting with the very beginning. Jason Ellis, he has his own serious XM show. But what I noticed about you, you're a much more famous version of me. Oh, wow. Because I'm a loser from the Howard Stone show? What? Because I'm a loser on the Howard Stone show? <laughs> well, you are on his same network. No, but it's because you like have done a lot of different things. Like I had a record deal. I fought a boxing match, which I won. All right, we know. <laughs> John, we know. So Jason Ellis, right off the bat, has no respect for stuttering John Melendez. Jason Ellis doesn't have a lot of respect for anybody. <laughs> That's probably true. It's a good point. It, it was um, you know, the way he learned how to do radio, and he, he talks about it all the time. This isn't anything out of school. Was that he would hear Howard when he came to America, and he thought the way to do radio is that you have to hate everybody else in this business. So he developed that kind of mindset where no matter who it was he was talking to, he was just like, oh, I have to entertain these people because he's got to promote his wares, sell his goods, or whatever. But John and I like John. John has always been very cool to me. Uh, John does have that where a lot of hosts do try to. It's almost like a competition. It's like, oh, you got all this going on. Let me tell you about everything that I'm doing. The guest doesn't care. It's not about at that point. The show's not about you. It's about the guest and you making the guest sound good and, and entertaining and, and and the conversation people want to listen to. But when you're constantly peddling, it's like, oh, I had a book. I had an uh, album. I had a record deal. I had all these things. He, he was just in there. He's like, yeah. And and if you look in the video, he just starts rolling a joint. Yes. Like so bored. He's just picking up stuff. He's grinding. He's rolling and he starts lighting up. He's looking all around the room. You know, he, he doesn't want to be doing this. Well, he mentions and you pulled a few clips on here, but he asked John if he likes podcasting because Jason Ellis has a very big radio show on Sirius XM. Right. So this is a few steps below him getting, I don't know, 1200 views on a, a YouTube page is not reaching a very large audience for him. And he makes that very clear early on when he asks him this. So anyway, I so doing this shit. What? You like doing this? D doing, um, in podcast. Yeah, of course. Do you? Not really. <laughs> Why don't you like it? Because uh, I got a radio show, and now I do a podcast because everybody's doing a podcast. It's kind of annoying. That is the that. correct answer. <laughs> I that love that. Correct answer. If you're a radio guy and can do radio well, if you're a talk personality, doing a podcast, if, if it needs to fill some other void that you have going on, then fine. If it's the only way to do what you want to do, okay, fine too. But if you're doing a radio show, and then they want you to do a podcast. There's no need to do the podcast because you're speaking for a living doing this show. Take the show and repurpose it for the podcast. You shouldn't want to like doing podcasts if you're still on the radio. I don't think that John even realized that Jason Ellis has a big show. I, I don't know what he thought it was, but he goes back into the whole thing about how much money he made on Howard Stern. He's talked about this many times. He made $80,000 a year on Howard Stern. Jay Leno hired him for The Tonight Show. His salary was then $500,000 a year. He had to take the job. So he's telling this to Jason Ellis. And Jason's sympathizing with me. He goes, yeah, I know. Most of the people who work at SiriusXM don't make a lot of money. Except for unless, unless you're a big name. And, of course, John, being the boob that he is, goes, well, do you make a lot of money? 
and then he's surprised by the answer. I mean, I've never worked for Howard, but I work at Sirius, and if you're not like king shit, you're not getting paid anything. And, and as far as I can tell, everybody in the Stern show is miserable except Howard. Actually, he seems kind of miserable too. But... Oh no, he's miserable. Uh, do you get paid a lot from uh, Sirius? Yeah. Oh, oh, good for you. Yeah, I wish I could get a uh, a show on there, but they won't have me. Howard would never let that happen. That's amazing. He was not ready for that answer. Do you make a lot of money on Sirius? Like, yeah, I'm, it's the Jason Ellis show. Of course I make a lot of money on Sirius. And Sonny John goes, oh, shit, all right. Um, yeah, he had, he had the, the Faction Music Channel <laughs> right. was built around Jason Ellis and Tony Hawk, right? right? Then they moved him um, over to what was the Opie and Anthony channel, uh, then became Faction Talk, took the elements of Jason's show and redid the channel around Jason again. So yeah, Jason's kind of a big deal with the company, whether you like his show or not, or you like him or not, it doesn't matter. He's kind of a big deal with the company. The heads of the company love him. Yeah, he's going to be making a lot of money. He's a marquee person for the company. And Stuttering John is so delusional that he thinks the reason why he doesn't have a job at SiriusXM and why he's not doing the Jason Ellis show, the Stuttering John show, is because Howard's blocking it. That's not the reason. Howard's in no meetings talking to any executives at SiriusXM about whether or not they should give Stuttering John his own radio show. Your podcast is hot garbage, John. And I know you just said that you like John. You probably don't want to shit on him. So I might be putting you in a tough spot here. But you watch this show. It's the worst thing anyone could do. Well, look, John's intentions are... Like, I don't, this is, he's crazy. I love him that he's crazy, but he's crazy. He just goes, he's the guy that goes about things the wrong way. And you go, well, you know, how, what would be the worst case scenario? It would be this. Okay. I won't do that. I'll try to do something different. And he just gravitates to the worst case scenario. Um, Howard was out in Los Angeles, not, I think either at the, during the summer or the beginning of the fall, beginning of the they fall, just yep. opened up the new Sirius XM Hollywood facility. And yeah. Howard was going to go out there and do a week of shows. John went outside the studio, uh, outside the building, the back entrance of the building, and was trying to get any of the Stern Show personalities, uh, um, uh, staff, even trying to get Howard to do the bit that John used to do for the Stern Show, where he would interview people on the red carpet and ask them horrific things. Eric, he was badgering Shuli to the point where Shuli had to tell the security guy to get him out of here. He's like, can you please have this person removed? Like, John, what are you doing? It's not the right way to go about You're somebody. embarrassing yourself. Not at all. So John is so delusional that he's not sure why he hasn't been asked to be on the Joe Rogan show. And he wasn't sure if maybe it was a Howard connection thing. But Joe had Artie on, so that must not be it. Joe Rogan had Artie on, so I don't think it's anything to do with Howard. I, I, I mean... But, uh, you know, Joe Rogan wouldn't have me on, but, it's, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I fucking... Well, Adi's a comedian, and Joe Rogan's a comedian first. But Yeah, so am I. <laughs> That's hilarious. Jason Ellis just totally disrespects him right there. No, he wanted to say, you are? Yeah. But he kind of <laughs> let it sit there. Jason's very low-key with some of that stuff. He just, yeah. if you say something dumb, most of the time, he's not even going to respond to it. He'll just let it sit there and make you look ridiculous. Yeah. Um. That was, that was a great realize. moment, though. He goes, I don't know why Joe Rogan wouldn't have me on his show. Have you seen the guests that Joe Rogan has on his show? They're like celebrities. You're stuttering, John. You're a joke. <laughs> I, a I think 
if if it came into his you know like i don't think it's in his peripheral vision for joe thinking about getting john on the show i think if somebody was pushing if Artie was on there and said you really need to get john on or somebody else said you need to get john i think he would have john on if there was a reason to do so i don't think it was a howard it, just imagine thinking the power howard has to have other places not do business with you and you and howard doesn't even work there you know, Howard can't tell Joe Rogan to not have John on. Joe doesn't even really like Howard that much anymore. So they're not talking. They don't talk at all. Yeah. Howard, like you said, was just out in L.A. He did the Ellen show. He did, um, what's his name, Bill Maher. And he went on Jimmy Kimmel. Right. The one thing he should have gone on, which would have reached more people than all three of those things combined, is the Joe Rogan show. Right. But So they Howard's don't not controlling the guest list at all. Exactly. John, John needs to focus on himself, not worry about what everyone else has and what everybody else is doing. So and I think that's that's part of the problem here. Why people take John the wrong way. It's like he's more worried about, well, why do they have this? Why am I not on there? Why am I doing, instead of this is what I'm doing on my own and somebody noticing and go, hey, we'd like to have you on to talk about what you're doing. Yes. You've summed this up perfectly, Eric. Thank you for that. This is the problem with John is he's consistently jealous of what everybody else has all the time because he doesn't he, need to be he sh- he shouldn't be those people deserve it that's just how this works like he thinks he's as talented as anyone else in entertainment and he's wildly incorrect about that he couldn't be further off so here's an example anytime someone even pays him a compliment he has to reiterate it as if it's an achievement and I want to just point this out. I've done it before with Stuttering John. People are relatively polite. And they'll say nice things to you to make you feel good. It doesn't mean it's true or that you've accomplished anything. To and be I think, fair, isn't that the same for you? Because you have all those clips at the beginning of your show. Oh, yeah. And you just put it up there like it's an achievement. Of course. Why, why would that? It's my show. So this is, um, this is him explaining that a headliner that he was doing comedy with told him that he could also be a headliner. And all I could say to you is when I was working with Carlos, not Carlos Mencia, uh, Willie Barcena, who was like a known headliner, and I was working with him at the Improv in Vegas. And I was the middler, he was the headliner. And and he came up to me and said, it's rare they have two headliners on the same show. And I said, well, Willie, I'm not a headliner. He goes, John, you're a headliner. So to me, that was the best compliment I can get. So that's something he has to reiterate, not on a show where he's being interviewed, a show where he's interviewing a guest. And then this was the best part right here because Jason Ellis calls him out for yeah. being the hack that he is. Funny. This is this is what headliners, these are the type of jokes that headliners come up with off the cuff. I once had the best blowjob in a fat chick. I figured she was hungry or something, but I'll take. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Yep, you're a headliner, all right. So, Jason, yeah. I was just like, dude, that's the easiest joke. No one's laughing at that. Or it's too easy a joke. It's just too easy. And then what does Stuttering John do? He doubles down with this next joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story, though. Jason, I was Missy. I brought it back to my house. She blew me again, and she's like, John, now what are you going to do for me? So I baked a lasagna. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just doing a couple of jokes. These are like old Jackie jokes. It's, and he was delivering them like Jackie too. 
yeah. he's cracking you, you up laughing as if he just you came up the punchline and you laugh and clap to let everybody know that's where you laugh and clap right that's that's really bad even by stuttering john standards and but, i want to but it's, an, it's such an old time old school mentality yes of doing this stuff because it look at look at where they came from where it was you know john and jackie and even the early days of when howard was having comics come on the show before gilbert and before uh florentine you were getting like joe franklin on you know you were getting and and bob levy who i who i love but you had these guys that were doing older acts Mm -hmm. and never progressed past that which i didn't understand it seems to be where john's kind of stuck like he's like well this worked for me back then I'll still keep doing it instead of changing with the times and, and updating some things. I don't think he's capable of coming up with funny material though. You're giving him too much credit as if he's just like, he, he honed an act and he's keeping with it. He's like, I don't even think he has an act. I don't, I don't know. I've never seen John stand up. Um, no one has. I, I didn't realize he was doing, I knew he dabbled in it. Like he would go and do um, when he was invited on people's uh, sets and shows to, to do some stand-up i didn't know he, he said he was doing it for 20 years i wasn't aware that he was doing stand-up for 20 years let's talk about the technical issues that he has trying to do this show and this was one of the time stamps that you pointed out well you know i'm trying to fix my screen is your screen getting screwed up like that no i'm fine all right uh, so you see me okay yeah i don't know what the hell i did but I did something wrong. <laughs> I don't know what I did. Hold on a second. This is my incompetency. Hold on. I bet I have to hit something that changed this Jeez, whole Nelson thing for just me. Laughing Hold on a second. Bear with me. All in his All right. eyes. Not this incompetent. All right. I got oh, there. I hope this is still recording now. Hold on. So, so now, okay. So, okay. Now we're going to get I, all these things on my screen are driving me fucking nuts. And I can't turn them off. I don't know why. But but uh, you know I'm, it's driving me fucking crazy. It's it's so awesome to watch uh, Dad on the internet right now. Exactly. <laughs> I am. I'm Dad on the fucking internet, and I, I don't know how to turn this. I don't know how to move this fucking thing off my screen. <laughs> the fuck! It's driving me crazy. This fucking thing. Oh shit! Uh, all right, dude. I'm sorry. This is okay. Let me try one other thing here. Like I said, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. This should not be a podcast or a YouTube video. Right. Well, the old the old cliche of uh, if you can't think of something funny and you're going to be more uh, emotional about it is to start dropping the f bomb like hey, the fucking this and fucking that fucking right. like it's not funny. It's it's you're you're trying to kill time while he's fixing this, but then also you need to edit this out. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's the point I wanted to make. If it's a live stream is one thing. It happens. But when you go to present this out, so you do some kind of jump cuts or you do some kind of uh, like graphic transitions for his thing or even for the audio, you can cut it and make it sound like nothing ever happened. But they leave it in there and it's not even interesting. So this went on. I think I had time coded. It's like that was a shorter version. I think it was like two minutes fully of him trying to move the monitor around and stuff. And then a little later, he turns his microphone off. And goes right to the webcam mic because he says, I'm going to go raw without the mic. I know the podcast people are going to hate it, but uh, who cares? We're going to go raw. It's like they're the people listening to you. And you're just telling them we don't care if they don't like what they're hearing. Um, not from content wise, but I mean, obviously, but also from the technical standpoint. It's like, I don't care if they get to hear it or not. This is between me and you. It's like, why are you even bothering with it? I have that clip, too, real quick. Right, yep. Fuck this microphone. All right. Hold on. Fucking 
Sorry, man. So, you know, so basically we're just doing our computer mics. I'm going to get a load of shit from all my fucking podcasting people. Yeah, I know. And, you know, but that's going to happen. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. He doesn't care anymore. John, what have you ever cared? You've never put out a professional show. This is another example of him explaining how unprofessional the show is. Yeah, because I'm not going to be doing another podcast, at least not before Christmas, and maybe not for the you know for the rest of the year until I get my shit together. Because I mean, you know, this is the most unprofessional as far as recording <laughs> I've ever done in my life. But I have to, <laughs> I have to get an engineer, and I got an honor. What's that? It's an honor to be on your broke ass podcast. Yes, yeah, but don't worry. You know, listen, I, I have a, the next one. I'll have three computers. I'm going to have uh, the whole thing all set up. It's just now. So, all right. Well, it's good to know that Eric. While right now it's very unprofessional, soon he'll have three computers. Right. So that'll because take care of it. One's having a problem. Add more things to complicate <laughs> the process, and then start screaming about why none of this is working. You're a you're um, a professional radio producer. How many computers do you need to create a podcast? Uh, usually one. One. The answer it's, is one. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. So is is this what he's doing now? Like, didn't he have a, a whole like he had a producer and, and a whole team of people where he was doing an audio podcast? Now he's doing it through Skype on YouTube. Yeah. So Royce was his co-host, and then he had another guy who was helping produce it. And Royce left to go run for. Some, I think it was a California legislator. I don't know. He didn't even qualify to run. So Royce is no longer running for government. Instead, he's just doing a different thing. He was looking for any excuse to stop podcasting with John. Um, that's what it was. <laughs> Basically, because it's like, I, I can't because I'm running for uh, office. Oh, well, that fell through. I know, but I'm also doing this other thing now, too. So, all right, so he has nobody to do the podcast with, so he's recording it on his own. Oh, and yeah. That's, so now, okay, that's what he's doing. All right. Oh, it's gotten bad. It's, it's Opie level bad. Here's how he wraps things up with Jason, and Jason's really excited to have spent the last hour and 20 minutes with this nonsense. It's, I, it's been a pleasure, and, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you know uh, <laughs> I'm stumbling here, but... Uh, well, fuck it. Look, thanks for having me on your really unprofessional, shitty podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot for wasting my fucking time, asshole. Yeah, that the the whole thing was. He was trying. You could see that he was trying, but none of this was working out. And look, props to Jason for for sitting through all of that. I, I'm amazed that he did. I was surprised. I wouldn't have. I would have. I would have um, called it. And just one more thing that I wanted to play on here is. He does an ad read and good on John for having sponsors, but there's no way they're going to pay for this ad read because he didn't even have the copy in front of him and was completely ill-prepared to do this. Yeah, betonline.ag. And if you if you punch in the code, Jason, CLNS50, you get uh, a bonus. You get cash. I think it was $50. I could be wrong. I don't have the copy in front of me, but you will get a bonus. So the way that this works in podcasting is every time you do a live read, you have to then send a clip of that or at least a timestamp to the advertiser so that they can check and do a little quality control. And And the promo code usually involves you or your show that the, uh, the audience or the customers coming in are from 
your particular program and they say, oh, look, they have a lot of people coming in from this show. We need to advertise more on this show. Right. So there's two problems with this. One is the promo code is CLNS50. What That's the not f- even his. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck is that? I can't. I tried to find it. I was like, what show is this attached to? It's not the Stuttering John podcast. But then the other thing is he didn't even know what the offer was. Yeah, if you put in this code, you get something, I don't know, maybe 50 bucks. Like That's unacceptable. As from an advertiser standpoint, they're not going to accept that and pay for that ad read. Yeah, there's nothing advertisers love more that, you know, it's... It was difficult to get them to advertise on radio, but it's even more impossible to get anybody of substance to advertise on podcasts unless you're, you know, uh, a superstar in the in the podcast world. But they love nothing more than when you get their ad read wrong or don't know anything about their product or it's like, I don't have the copy in front of me. I think this is the code. Then they're not going to be back the next week. No. They just wasted all their money on you and you didn't even take it seriously. Definitely. Definitely not. I mean, not to mention the fact that even if he had read it correctly and given a promo code that was based on his show, no one's going to that anyway. No one listens to Suttering John's podcast. Does it not do well? No. No. Okay. Have you listened to this product? It's. I listened to this episode. I have not heard his podcast. I, I, I heard clips from you uh, time to time, but I have not uh, heard his podcast. I can't stress this enough. There are 700,000 podcasts. It's not easy to get people to listen to your show, there's a lot of options out there. Oh, not at all. Stuttering John. Impossible. And he should have some clout that brings people in because of The Tonight Show and because of Howard. Yep. And I don't know how you messed that up. He fucking prank called the, the president. Right. He, he hasn't been able to capitalize on that at all. No, most of the news talked about a, a prank phone call if they talked about it at all. They didn't even mention him. All so right. what's the point? Anything else you want to talk about from this uh, abortion of a show with Stuttering John and Jason Ellis? No, I think that's about it. And okay. We could probably wrap up this abortion of a show with uh, Iraq on WATP. I want to say, Eric, I've had so much fun talking today. I know we've gone very long, so apologies for that. Thank you for your time. When I got to meet you when I was up at the Anthony show last time, I right. felt bad because I really wanted to, to talk with you for a minute. And I had to run over to the Chip Chipperson show. So I was kind of like, hey, Eric, you know, I got there early and you weren't there. So then I saw you after the show. I'm like, hey, Eric, I got to go. Sorry. So Carl gave me the celebrity blow off. (laughs) I did. I felt so bad. I I ran out to do something and then came back when Anthony's show had started and you were already in there. And then you were coming out and you were heading over to Chip show, like you said. So the show ends. I go into the studio. I, you know, I'm wrapping things up, and I go over and say hi to you. And I'm talking to you. I'm like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" He's like, "Oh, good. I gotta go to Juice Ship Show." You're like, you're walking and talking with me as you're grabbing your stuff to walk out the door. Okay, okay. I'll see you later. Bye. Door shuts. I'm like, so sorry. I felt so bad about that. Carl giving me the celebrity snub. It's like, oh yeah, talk to my page. We'll hook it up. Whatever. Bye. Boom. Door shuts. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Carl I was like, uh, was an important man that day. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I really want to talk to you, but uh, my friend Anthony Kumi and I, I have to go get a train. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I want to talk about the fact that Eric Nagel hosts a show called "It's Eric Nagel" on iHeartRadio. Yes. Which every week you come on and talk pop culture, and where can people find that? Um, the iHeartRadio app, you can just search or uh, we're under the Elvis Duran category for It's Eric Nagel or Apple and Google Podcasts. Spotify is another big platform for us if you want to get us there. And then you can find us everywhere else. I just recently found out our show got picked up on Pandora. 
which oh, is shit. now owned by Sirius XM. Interesting. And I had no idea why. I got a notice that we were being carried. And I was like, did we submit to this? I didn't remember doing that. And they just picked up the show and started carrying it on their their platform, which I found to be hilarious. So or apparently we're on Pandora, too, if you have that. I didn't know the Pandora did podcasts. That's interesting. They just started it, I think, around the summertime. They just started carrying podcasts on there. Also, you can catch Eric on Would You Kindly on Compound Media. Is yeah, that- that's the other show that I do with Brian Johnson from uh, the world of Kevin Smith, AMC's Comic Book Men, and he hosts a podcast called Tell Him Steve Dave. Brian and I do a show once a week over at compoundmedia.com. The very funny Brian Johnson. I will tell you that Andy, who is a regular co-host on our show, is a huge fan of Tell Him Steve Dave. So that's probably, uh, yeah, maybe get Brian on at some point. Yeah, that would be that'd be fantastic. We'd love to have him on everything. It'll, you'll have a great time with him. All right, Eric, before you go, we have to play everyone's favorite part of the show. And that is the this is the part of the show where we tease the podcast that we'll be reviewing on next week's WATP. And I'm excited to say that we were experimenting a little bit earlier this week. Like I mentioned, we did a bonus show. It was a crossover show with The Dick Show. We're going to do more of those. We're going to try another experiment on our regular show next week. We're going to do Doug versus Doug. This is where Doug from Who's Right will be reviewing Doug from Good Times Great Movies podcast and vice versa. So we're going to get reviews of the each other's doug shows which that's pretty interesting it'll be fun because it's like doug there's like the nice doug and then there's like the angry doug and you know the nice doug does a show where he just talks about how much he loves movies from the 80s and then the angry doug just you know yells the f word a lot so i think it'll be fun to bring those two people together and see what happens I think that'd be very fun. I think it would have been even funnier if that we were wrapping up and then the teaser was that you were going after my show the next week, which I'm sure is coming. Oh, my gosh. I've been told that I need to do your show by a lot of people. One of your fans that reaches out to me time to time that seems to have a hard on for uh, for uh, like he was a fan of uh, what's his name? Uh, Don and Mike, I think his name is. Yeah, he's like, just letting you know, I told Carl to go after your show. Big fan. And I was like, no, thanks. You know, I I get it. I get what the whole vibe is in the universe is uh, around everything you do. Well, listen, all we did was steal the Jacktober bit, which is my favorite bit from the (laughs) Opie and Anthony show. And it turns out there's a lot of uh, material out there for us to go after. So you're far, you're far down the list, my friend. You don't have to worry about that. No worries. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, So I'm hearing the Doug versus Doug, and I do got to give you uh, some props. I don't I can never remember this guy's name, but every now and then you talk about some guy that has like 19 podcasts. Yeah. Patrick Michael, also known as Seamus McKillian. Yes. Very soft spoken guy. Yeah. I I don't know what it is about him, but it's fascinating to listen to the mindset of how unaware he is of himself and what he's doing. I was listening. So we didn't have time this week. We obviously had a jam packed show, but I was listening to he just did a podcast with a buddy of his who just went to a Primus concert. I'm a huge Primus fan. So the two of them are talking about this Primus concert and it's the worst podcast. I know I say this a lot. It's the worst podcast I've ever heard. So I I can't wait to get people caught up on when Seamus has a co-host 
because there is no chemistry. It's baffling. Well, I look forward to hearing that. I appreciate that, Eric. And Eric, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I want to have you back on the show again someday. So hopefully we can coordinate that and get you back. No problem. And I also enjoyed the, uh, the Florentine episode it was very good. Oh, me too. I, I, I got made fun of by people. I was like fanboying out for the first 20, 25 minutes of that. Fuck them. It's your show. That's right. Oh, you're taking all the heat for making fun of everybody else. If you want to have somebody on that you like, then, you know, that's your prerogative, too. But, yeah, Florentine was great. And I'm sure you could get a couple. Like, you can get Levy on. Levy would be good to, to dissect some of John's stuff. I, what I want to get is, is Bonnie McFarlane. Is she that, doesn't do anything anymore. No? No, she doesn't do any shows. Why is that? I don't know. She just she does her own thing now. Like, we, we've tried having her back on Compound and... I know a couple other podcasts were trying to get out there and she just doesn't feel the need to do it anymore. And that's fine. You know, nobody has a problem with Bonnie. She just doesn't like doing it as much as Rich does. So I should give up on this is what you're saying. Uh, probably. I mean, keep trying. Who knows? But I think it's kind of a dead end. All right. Well, Iraq, I'm going to let you go because I've kept you too long. We're going to do a voicemail segment after the break here. and I'm going to pull somebody up from the discord you to do, do that. that with me. Maybe, maybe Vic, if she uh, can get on microphone or someone. So Eric, thanks again for coming on. And also, you're the producer of the Anthony Cumia show on Compound Media. So go to Compound Media, subscribe. Go to It's Eric Nagel on iHeartRadio. Thanks again, buddy. You were great. No problem. Thanks, Carl. All right. So please join us again next week because it might be less if we find out once and for all. Who are these podcasts? Sleep well, every pony. Starting in the mush pits of morning radio. And now the show is over now. <sighs> mm, okay. Great show. Good job, everybody. Great job, everyone. Who are these podcasts? I don't know. I don't get it. Makes no sense. Um. All right, Vic. Yeah, come on. I uh, I unmuted you. There you go. Hey, Carl. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Look at this. We're finally we're finally having a conversation. Absolutely. That's not just a voicemail. Oh goodness. This is awesome. I mean, you've become the most important part of our voicemail segment, so it's only fitting that you would be on here. Oh, it's all about me, Carl. I'm the star of the voice I've noticed that. I've noticed you're a little bit of an attention whore, so I hear. Absolutely. Uh, my dad left me, so that's why. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start it off by playing your most recent voicemails, Vic, and then hopefully we'll have other things to talk about. Oh, let's see. That. All right. Cool. Here we go. Hey, Carl's Vic, the little boy. Uh, I just gotta say, I hit it big time. Someone impersonated me. I hit it big time, bucko. Uh, anyway, let's talk about how many people hate me and why they hate me. Um, do, do you fucking think that I wake up in the morning and I'm like, hmm, do you know what would benefit my life? Oh, fucking sounding like a little boy. Like, I, I, I have to call people in 
to interviews using this fucking voice. Like, hey, I fucking would love to interview you. Please? Just, I promise, it's not like bring your son to work day. I, I pinky promise. I, I, I fucking just do it. Just come in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyway, that was a good show. Um, but I don't think that I'm allowed to call in anymore uh, since I am a little Jew boy, a little, little juicer, a little juicy. Uh, yeah, so, you know, who knows? Might get gassed in the next time I call in or not, who, whatever. Uh, fuck you. Is it weird listening to yourself as you're on the oh, show? Oh, I cringe every time. People think that you're putting that voice on like that's not your real voice. No, it's absolutely my voice. I fucking, I hate it. Yeah. Vic calls back again. Hey, Vic again. Um, This is the first time I've double called. Excuse me. But, but do you think people would like me if I used a Fran voice? Just Oh, I should point out, the other star of the voicemail segment is, of course, Fran Drescher. So this is a two for one right here. You got Vic and Fran Drescher. Hey, Kyle. No, no, no. <clears throat> hey, Carl. It's Fran. Uh, you know, I used to be on the Nitty Show, and, you know, that producer died, and my co-hosts all died, and, oh, Carl, you know, I just had a rough life, I got raped in an alley, leaving a movie theater, it was, it was kind of like Bruce Wayne, but I, I just got raped instead of murdered, uh, anyway, Carl, Call me back. <laughs> Spot on, Fran Drescher. Thank you. I don't like that. I I was very impressed by that. Did you know that you called back in a third time, Vic? Oh, what the fuck? I did not. <laughs> no, I think you did. Let's let's give it a listen. Hey, Carl. It's Vic. I just wanted to call and say that I'm a big fat slut, and I love taking big black cocks. Oh, I'm sorry. I gotta go take this big black cock. Goodbye. That was a little bit of a different angle for you. You don't. You're not normally getting uh, getting banged when you call into the show. No, I guess you know it's. You know, I was in a I was in a trance. You're you're feeling it. Absolutely. Change it up from time to time. That big black cock, Carl. You know it. I do know it. Um, there's a guy named Adam from Massachusetts, and he has a message for uh, me. Hi, Carl. It's Adam from Massachusetts. I uh, just wanted to say, fuck you. Fuck the Bills. And, uh, yeah, have a nice Hanukkah, Christmas, and call me back. All right, fuck the Patriots. Fuck Tom Brady. Patrick Michael was talking shit about me on YouTube. I think we were talking about this before the show began to anyone who was in the Discord. And it's kind of interesting, Louis J. Gomez mentioned raping my wife again and patrick was on youtube in the comment section hey fucker i've uh wanted to call for a while i called to yell at you about the fucking uh jim norton's podcast but anyway i wanted to call and yell but i got something else to report uh, i was just watching uh lewis's comp uh, podcast real ass podcast i never watched it before i only watched it because my favorite podcast revenge of the fifth was on they're like a lighter version, lighter version of TDS, but way funnier and uh, not as gay. Anyway, I'm watching it, and they mentioned your podcast. Actually, uh, 
uh, Lewis talks about how he tried to, you know, the whole raping your girlfriend thing and blah, blah, blah. And then he says that he actually did it. Anyway, he's making a joke, funny, funny. So afterwards, I scroll down. What's the first comment I see? From Nine Minute Podcast is the first comment. What's he say? Oh, Lewis, you hit the, who are these, who are these podcast situation perfectly? That's what he says. Weird comment. I'll screenshot it and send it to you if you want. Uh, but I guess he's just a friend of Lewis's and just happened to hear you and had to comment on it. Or somehow he just knew. But I think you're in old James' head. Anyway, we'll follow that. I'll let you go. See you later. How do you feel about Patrick Michael, Vic? You know, Carl, you got to be careful. He doesn't have a job. He can just stalk the fuck out of you for like a long time. I know. And this whole thing where now he's finding small mentions of me within a YouTube video and commenting makes me a little bit nervous. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Oh, he's digging, Carl. He's digging. Oh, all right. He'll find your address next week. Just you wait. Isn't that kind of how this should go down, though? Isn't that the right way for this story to end? I'd love for you to be murdered by him. Honestly, have... <laughs> he can talk about it on his um, true crime podcast, Carl. <laughs> and they still haven't found the killer. Absolutely. That's funny. It's the pizza man. It's the pizza man, Carl. Why did they order pizza? What were they thinking? <laughs> All right. What else we got here? Oh, this guy does an imitation of our intro bit, which uh, Eric took a shot at me for today, which was fun. Have you ever heard of that show, WATP, it's run by that guy, Carl? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that show before. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's the funniest thing ever. I blow my load every time just thinking about that show. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got to check that out sometime. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. The show is, is just hilarious. It's the funniest thing ever. I w almost made that the intro to the show today. But I thought out of context it wouldn't be as funny. Maybe next week. No, next week, do it, Carl. I, yeah. I'm going to cry if you don't. You seem to be a very sensitive girl. You're no. always You're always, like, crying if things don't work out the way you want them to. Absolutely. That's what upset. attention horrors. That's my number one move. <laughs> That's a good point. It is your MO. If you don't get your way, you have to make a big stink about it so people recognize you. Right? Absolutely. It's got to be weird to be the most polarizing person on this show, right, Vic? I try not to think about it. I just do it, and then I just immediately shove everything out of my brain. It just melts out of my ears, so I can't remember anything. So you you don't take the good with the bad, you just shut it all out? Because there's a lot of admirers of you. Oh, yeah, no, I've, I've definitely noticed. I, it's, it is what it is. We'll see. I mean, I'll I get some death threats. I'm waiting for that. Well, you did give out your phone number to our patrons, so I imagine you've had some fun texts and phone calls with people. Um, you know what? I've only gotten like one phone call, so that's a little depressing. Oh. Um, and I I haven't gotten any dick pics. I've gotten asked for feet pictures like twice. <laughs> yeah, your fucking listeners are autistic. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. No. For the most part, they're just like, "Hey, you're retarded," and I'm like, "You're right." Yeah, there's a rumor going around that you're 300 pounds. So is that why they wanted to see your feet? They're like, well, at least that's not fat. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've seen some fat broad's feet and they sweat. That's true. It's not fun to look no. at. No. So do you send these people pictures of your feet back? 
Oh God, no! Are you uh, kidding? I don't. I don't know what I you're up to. I feel that. I kink shame the foot fetishists. Oh, okay. Well, what? Even though people were excited to get your number, who are loyal subscribers, and we do appreciate that supporting the show here, WATP. There's this one creepy person who's interested in another person's phone number. Hey, Carl. So uh, here's the thing. So we see we. You got, you know, this girl, and you put her behind a paywall, right, right? So you're technically paying for access to this fine woman's body through you. So I guess you'd call that a pimp, you know? And if you do have more girls on that little list of yours, and if we could pay certain amounts for, you know, getting certain phone numbers, then how about you give us something sweet, Something a bit more tasty than, I don't know, some random whore named Dick. You give us your little boy toy, Andy. His sweet little voice. And you know he's got a great ass. How much money would it take to get his number? Because the things we do with his dick pics. Come on, Carl. How much we talking? Call me back. So I don't know if that was decipherable or not, but this well, person... Well, I could hear it. Did you call him back? I have not called him back yet. I have to ask Andy's permission if I'm allowed to give out his number, because you were very uh, generous giving out your number. I don't know if Andy will be, so I'll, I'll ask him and see what he thinks. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I think Andy will do it. I believe. Maybe it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, do it right now. Just spout it out, Carl. I believe in you. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop it. I want to put it behind a paywall, obviously. You know, I, we got to get more people subscribing to the show, Beck. Very important. There you go. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give out Andy and his brother Joe's numbers on the next bonus episode. So make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, Casey, our other female caller, calls in. She wants to tell PJ something. Hey, Carl, it's Casey. Um, I'm pretty offended. Y'all forgot about me talking about how Vic's your only female listener. Um, I'm calling to defend myself against PJ. Uh, I weigh 110 pounds. I could prove it to you if you send me a pair of those wonderful WATP leggings. Send some pictures. Call me back. I might have to take you up on this, Casey. I... I know the WATP leggings are a big hit with the with the ladies out there. Yeah, I, personally, I've bought 20 pairs just so I can cycle through. Speaking of PJ, who's a super fan, PJ Philliam, who's contributed so much to the show. People are asking for his songs. I think I'm going to put them on SoundCloud or maybe Patreon. I don't know, somewhere where people can get them. But there's one person who doesn't think that PJ can sing very well. Hey, Carl, this is a message for your song contributor, PJ. I gotta say, his lyrics are smart. They rhyme well. Uh, but that guy has to hire someone to sing for him. It's fucking awful. I can't listen to it. It makes my ears bleed. So, PJ, please, write your awesome lyrics and have somebody else sing it. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, thanks, Carl. Pass this message along. Call me back. Bye. I, I don't know about that. PJ is the voice of a generation. He's redefining what it is to be the singer 
in a band. Honestly, he should be making more money than Mariah Carey does during the holidays. I agree. The voice of a fucking angel. I love him. Mariah Carey makes a lot of fucking money every Christmas. Oh, she fucking, she's like top five right now, Carl. It's so ridiculous. She does not deserve that. She's like fat now. Her song went to number one this year for the very first time ever. It wasn't even number one when it first came out. But All I Want for Christmas is You was number one. No, it hasn't topped ever. This is the first time. This, this year was the first time. It came out in 96, I want to say. And this year was the first time it was number one. That's It's not even good, Carl. It's not well, even good. I, so I know that that is a common opinion. and I've heard a lot of people say that. But I implore you to go back and watch the music video. Go to YouTube. Watch the music video for All I Want for Christmas is You. You forget that Mariah Carey was one of the hottest chicks around for a very small amount of time. But there was a segment of time when that music video was very watchable. Oh, she was very shapely, Carl. Yes. Agreed. Vic and I have similar tastes in women. All right. This is a guy who thinks that the Fran Drescher impersonator isn't that impressive. If you remember last week, the Fran Drescher impersonator told us how he is able to pull off this amazing impression by putting pressure on his throat and had a whole thing about it. Uh, Apparently, not everyone was all that impressed. Hey, Carl, I'm calling for you right now. Fucking live it. I just heard this idiot calling saying, oh, I did the Fran Drescher voice. It's so hard. Oh, my God. I can't believe I put my guilty pick. It's just a classic stupid drunk bitch voice it's not it's not hard to do oh i'm putting myself through so much pain oh it's like getting raped like relax guy and by the way he's lying i'm the one who called fuck off call me back carl bye i don't think anyone actually thought it was difficult to do just throw that out there uh, it's pretty difficult. I tried to do what <laughs> you're Franny bad does. at it. You're uh, very bad. Work. At it. I'm awful at it because <laughs> I start with a shitty voice and then it goes shittier. So it's it's you know it doesn't add. All right. This is Kaya talked about the fact that I think it was Kaya. Were we talking about it's silly that we call Native Americans Indians because it's just confusing? No. Someone called in to explain to Kaya that we know the difference. Hey, Carl, this is Sammy Shipbeard from Westchester, the best Chester. Let Kaya know that people in America don't think it's East Indian people that founded our country. In fact, when someone says Indian, we make sure to confirm whether it's a dot head or a... Uh, That's good. That's really fun. That made me laugh. That made me laugh pretty hard when I listened to it the first time and the second time. Lo and behold. All right. Uh, what do we got here? Um, oh, so what had a brilliant advice about how to talk to women? The last show that we had, you repeat everything back to them that they tell you and that will get them interested in you. So our boy Bradley took this advice and put it to good use. Uh Oh, Hey Carl, this is your boy Bradley. Just letting you know that uh, because of the advice of the Russia guy last week on how to pick up women, I have finally lost my virginity. 
I went out on a date with a beautiful girl this week, and I just repeated everything that she said back to me. And the next thing you knew, she was all over me. So I finally lost my virginity. And because of that, I've come around on Vic. She's a lovely young woman, very charismatic. Flip side to that coin, now that I'm no longer an incel, I can no longer in good conscience remain a subscriber to WAT. Oh, so no. This will be the last time I'm reporting in. Uh, what? Letting you know that I've enjoyed the podcast. And I'll see you guys on the flip side. Thank you. We can't start having all the listeners get laid. What? You're killing me. I'm sorry. Me. That was me. I, you know, it was me. I actually fucked that listener, Carl, and he had lasted like two seconds. So you don't want him listening anyways. I believe that. Absolutely. I believe that to be true. It's amazing. I didn't even have that in my notes. You do get referenced in about 50% of our phone calls at this point. Oh, yeah. It's embarrassing. I just have one more voicemail to play. Oh, it's embarrassing. You love it. <laughs> I, I can I can picture the grin on your face right now. Absolutely, it's there. Yep. All right, this is my Uncle Adolf called back into the show again. Always love when uh, Uncle Addie calls in. Hey, Carl, it's Uncle Adolf again. I have to say, I'm very disappointed in TDS. They say they're my friends, and they want to gas the Jews, and then they tell these their bosses that they're not my friends anymore? It was all a joke? I know you will never betray me, WATP. Official podcast of the upright. All right, I don't, I don't know about that, Uncle Adolf. That seems pretty crazy to me. He did just remind me, though, that the Daily Showa, a.k.a. TDS, a.k.a. The Right Stuff Biz, the show that we reviewed last week that was the anti-Semitic white supremacist show, did mention us and i of course have to play a clip of that even though it's not interesting in any way but two hours and 47 minutes into their fucking god-awful boring-ass podcast they make a reference to us and again it shows that there's a lot of crossover in the fan base because someone who likes us picked up on this so here's uh, them talking about our review of their show the cops extracting oh, confessions this is a, in like a bad way. She has a podcast. Think it's as good as our podcast? Well, let's ask those people that review them. Why? One episode. Why would they? It's not like they would know. Like, God, tell me again how some normie somehow. I honestly cannot remember what the some name normie is going to try to roast our podcast. Oh wow! Please continue to email me about it. I really care. So apparently, people are emailing him that we roasted their podcast, but the fact that we're normies means that he doesn't care about that. Absolutely, Carl. You 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 haven't even guessed like two Jews. You're not fuck you're not cool enough to review his podcast. No, but you forget though, Vic, is that it's it's all a joke. They're they're just being shocking. They're just shock jocks. Uh, it's the new age of shock jocks. Yeah. When when we talk about black people and Jewish people nonstop every day, it's a character. It's a character I'm doing. It's a joke. That's what Alex Jones said when he was on trial, too. Yeah, it's just a character. People like it. I don't know what to tell you. Hey, do I get death threats? Yeah, every day, all day long. But still, it's a fun character. Why not? (laughs) It's totally worth it. All right, Vic. I have been doing this way too long, and I have to fucking edit this shit tomorrow. It's going to take me forever. So I'm already bummed out about that. Anything? That uh, you have to work? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Anything no. that uh, you want to tell the fine folks out there who make it this far into an episode of WATP? 
Uh, just a quick reminder. I am a little boy. I'm not a. I'm not a woman. Oh, now I'm confused. I thought you said that you were a uh, woman who has a little boy voice and that you hate living with that affliction. No, I just tuck my penis right up my butthole, uh, uh-huh. and then it's fine. Interesting. I didn't know that you could do that. I'll have to work on that. Snake it on in there, Carl. Okay. So, Vic just told me to go fuck myself. And I want to thank you for coming on the show, at Impromptu, and doing the voicemail segment with me. I would have felt bad to make Eric suffer through that. Absolutely. No, it, he probably wouldn't have, you know, understood it. He's a normie. <laughs> He's a normie. He doesn't even know who Vic is or that Fran Drescher is a super fan. He wouldn't even know this stuff. All right. Thank you for having me on, though, Carl. Okay. It was it was a pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Okay. But Rain, man, come on. 